great setup. I told you I'd make you one. I know. This is how valid is the validity. <laughs> it's a great <laughs> intro. Uh, if you noticed, uh, I don't have much to do. I don't have much to do. Yeah. That's, that's a, this that's is a, the life. That's a great intro right there. I like that a lot. You might have to bring that mic a little closer to you. They're, that, they're very, good? they're very sensitive. They're good. They're very sensitive. You don't, you don't do much uh, stuff on radio. Anyway, no, I don't. So. No, it's, I don't. So, not very much going on really in the world uh, this week. But I will say this: we're we're getting to the point now where. You're starting to see on YouTube uh, people taking the last year and a half of people from the CDC and Fauci and all the different politicians and putting montages together of when they said, you know, this, and now they're saying this, and then they said that. Like, Fauci's basically covered every possible masking (laughs) thing that a person can do over the last year and a half. And so, like, Tim Poole the other day just put out about a four-minute piece of just Fauci going... Masks are not necessary. Masks do not help you. You need a mask. Kids should not mask up. Kids should mask up. <laughs> Maybe not outside. Probably outside. Two masks. No masks at all. Uh, it's 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 fairly interesting. So it feels like it's been five years and it's been one. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's how. That's how I used to have pure. Everything's gone. Pure brown hair. <laughs> Me too. A year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Everybody, yeah. I'm really excited to say. Yeah. Uh, one one of my probably one of my best friends in the whole world. I've known you for years. Uh, what's your name? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's it. Really, that, that we are <laughs> close friends. And I was I was looking for the rest of the family. I've missed him. I haven't seen him since Thanksgiving. Oh my god! All he cared about was the dog, and the dog's gone. The but dog's, one time, the dog is gone. I mean, Coach Mac is a big dog, dude. I promise you. I mean, that's what got Hut. That's how, how Hut got me over here. I, I I was on the drive over. I'm letting him know about pancakes. I'm like the the dog can open the door. Weaver doesn't want him up there, but he uh-huh. can open the door. And then we we walk in. No dog tonight. I said I want that dog sitting right next to me on this couch. <laughs> he would have done it too. Well, I know I would have had him. I mean, I apologize. Well, it's not your fault. You didn't know I liked him so much. Coach Dave McGinnis, thank you for coming tonight. Oh, it's my pleasure. This it's, is uh, this is what a great setup. Thank you. I'm serious. I, I appreciate I've it. I've been to a few goat ropings and some rodeos. And <laughs> this is this is a good setup. I mean, oh my god, I, I've been some places. I got a pair of Velcro gloves. You need to try. This is good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and by the way, Weaver, uh, I he does not do podcasts. Max really? Is, no, well, he doesn't do you. podcasts. Um, in, in fact. He he rarely says no to anything, but he's so busy. <laughs> no, I'm being serious. He's yeah. so busy. He's like, Hut, no more podcasts. And I was like, no problem. This is a couple years ago. Yeah. And so whenever I called him up, I'm like, hey, got a podcast for you. We have a live stream. We're doing this. And he was like, I'm in. You say it, you say it's legit. I'm in. Oh, I appreciate it. Well, I mean, and, you know, we'd, we'd met briefly. Yeah, at the standard. Up at the standard, you know, for dinner. And I went, oh, that dude sounds like some kind of dude I'd like to hang with for a minute. <laughs> Dude, you know, so, I felt the same with you too, and I'll tell you why. Okay, I I don't normally. Is this going to be longer? Remember, than <laughs> I I don't don't usually remember men, but I tell you what, <laughs> you you had <laughs> you had a, a coat a coat on. Uh, it, it was a, in the winter time. It was a, like a sailor's coat. It was coll- collar was popped up, and that hair and those glasses. And you walked in into the main you know the bar room, and I was like, "Who's that dude? <laughs> All right, that who was... do you have to kill to know that guy?" That's what I thought. Well, that yeah. I, uh, Hut and I have become really good friends. 
since I've been doing this. But I promise it was, uh, that was no act. I mean, this is who I am. Yeah. Uh, and I've reached kind of a stage in my life where I can kind of just do Coach Mac stuff. Yeah. And uh, so I, when he Hutt said, Mac, you want to go? I said, I like that dude. I said, because he came in there and sat down and he knew nobody at that table. And he started telling us stories about playing in Brazil like we cared, you know. And I said, and, and, and I said, we're great stories. He's a great dude. Let's do it. Well, some, oh certain people have, have the gift of you meet them for the first time and they make you feel like you've known them for five yeah. years. You you certainly do that, Chris. Oh, I appreciate it. Mac, Absolutely. Mac, Absolutely. Mac crushes in that category. Yeah. I, I wish I, I had that capability. I don't. But, you know, you just resonate with someone and he can make you feel like that you have known him forever for years. And and the fact is, he's really good with names and he's a great storyteller and he can relate to any part of the country because he's, you know, he's got five homes as it is right now. So he's all over the place. <laughs> well, I got to be honest with you. Um, I usually tell stories uh, 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 to people I don't know in hopes that I can get him on this podcast. So really it's my way of like, picture it as a worm on a hook. You know what I'm saying? And you like me enough, right? <laughs> but usually I charge for that. So just 30 <laughs> or 40 bucks before you leave, just put it downstairs. Well, the, the thing about it is, Chris, we're, we're going to be really good together then because I charge more than that. <laughs> So <laughs> we'll be even. Well, okay. He's still making money. Just divide it by <laughs> nine and a half, nine and, a half. and add 32. No, no, no. What is that in Celsius? Because we were trying to figure that out a while ago. <laughs> well, I told you, at 24 degrees, is 75.2. Yeah, you were mad because they wouldn't just add 47 <laughs> or something on it. You know, I'm, I'm sitting over here looking at that, trying to figure out like a dog looking at a typewriter. What the hell does that mean? I don't, you know, I'm just going to say this, <clears throat> that I don't have any, we, we don't have, we have a bunch of softball questions here. Okay, this is a very light low-key thing so i just want to go ahead and start start with the questioning let's go okay let's go nothing hard here all right uh so how do you feel about the cubans being sent back to the communist (laughs) land to fight once again the tyranny of that government and also please explain gdp yeah i never understood the whole uh, uh, bay of pigs things anyway i mean i've seen the movie about seven times and I, i told you i grew up in west texas and i never understood that whole thing anyway i apologize that was a maybe a little harder a uh, harder one. So, of all the teams that you like, how much do you love the Steelers? Go ahead. The Steelers? Here, <laughs> let, let me tell you something. I, I want to know this for real. No, I do like the Steelers because Joe Green worked as my defensive line coach for oh eight my years God. when I was the head coach at the at the Arizona – I was a defensive coordinator and head coach at the Arizona Cardinals. When I when I got the coordinator's job, I was, I was at the Bears for 10 years with Mike Ditka. Yep. And then, you know, I, 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 you know, back when I was first started in this league – I wanted to be a coordinator. Uh, the Bears told me, you don't ever have to leave here if you don't want to. Really? I said, well, we don't have a place right now. And I'd interviewed a couple of places for uh, coordinator jobs. I love Chicago. I love working for Mike Ditka. I mean, it was cool. I mean, come on. I mean, yeah, I was, I mean it, it was the best. And so I was there during the Camelot years when they were the Bears. And so anyway, I took a job in Arizona because a very good friend of mine got the head coaching job after they had fired Buddy Ryan you know, who I knew very well too. But anyway, so I went down there and that was the, that was the year that Don Shula had uh, retired in Miami. Yeah. And Joe Green had been Don Shula's last defensive line coach. So I'm sitting at my house up there in Chicago, getting ready to move to go to Phoenix. The phone rings and my wife says, uh, coach Shula's on the phone. You want to talk to him? I said, who's on the phone? <laughs> she said, well, it's coach Shula. And I said, yeah, I'll talk to him. <laughs> 
So, so I'll be on his podcast. No, yeah. So I got on the phone. I said, Coach, he said, here, he said, congratulations, Coach Macca. You know, I understand you got the coordinator's job. He said, look, I would just like to put a word in and, uh, you know, for Joe Green. You know, he worked for me here. And uh, if you if you don't aren't settled on a defensive line coach yet, you know, I'd, I'd like to get him in the interview process. And so yeah, I talked, said, absolutely. So long story short, uh, you know, I talked to the head coach, who was Vince Tobin at the time, and we brought Joe Green in, interviewed him, hired him. And then when I became the head coach four years later, so Joe worked for me for eight years. And so we were together on the staff. And with Joe being there, Chris, the thing that, that used to happen was, well, then all of the ex-Steelers would come back. <laughs> they would come to practice. Yeah. And then, you know, plus, you know, when we were, when I was doing, you know, broadcast meetings, you know, Terry Bradshaw would come in and do some stuff. And then, I mean, so it was a very cool thing. So you ask me how much I like the Steelers. <laughs> uh, I like the Steelers for this reason. They're a cornerstone franchise in this league. They're a family owned franchise. They do things the right way. And I love Joe Green. So you said something interesting that I've, I've never, you know, people, Probably you think about it, but I mean, it's it, you never get a chance to ask somebody like yourself. Players, you just said Joe Green, Don Shula calls you to, to see if Joe Green could come up and coach. You don't think this way, but players, not all players can be a coach. No, right. So how, how does that how does that work in the sense of somebody of his caliber, you know, as good as he was in the game, but translating into coaching? What is what does that take in a, in a player to be able to do that? Let me just say this. I've been involved in my coaching career in the National Football League, which is my 35th year in the league, okay? So 35 years, I've been involved with some pretty good players. I've been involved on a team with eight National Football League Hall of Famers, all right? Joe Green's a Hall of Famer. Worked, you know, worked, you know, worked, he worked for me. I worked with him. They all have an intrinsic ingredient to them. They all love the game, and they also have an immense amount of confidence in what they are doing, and they really like being involved with players and teaching them what they knew. Yeah, That's important, and that's big. The difference in coaching and playing in the National Football League, the amount of time, it's just a different time frame. It's a different, you know, it's a different time element. Joe had been in broadcasting before and then decided he wanted to coach, and so, you know, he started out with, with, with Coach Shula. And, of course, Here's what you got to understand. When a head coach brings in people like that, you've got to be very comfortable in your own skin to bring in two types of people to your staff. Accomplished players like that that really have a bigger space than you do, you know, in the league, and hire former ex-head coaches on your staff. You've got to be real comfortable in your own skin. And so, I mean, I coached Mike Singletary for seven years. He coached with me at the Rams, all right? And so – if they're in it for the right reason, I coached Ron Rivera for seven years, you know, who's now the yeah. head coach of the Washington football team. So if they're in it for the right reasons, well, then they make excellent coaches because they know exa- – that's why Mike Vrabel is such a good good coach right now for the Tennessee Titans. They've lived it. Yeah, They lived it. They understand it. I mean, it's just like us sitting here. We have somebody that's been in this business and that does this type of thing, and you talk to them. Well, they understand what you're going through. And so you ask me that question. Now, not all – not all ex-players, whether they were a lead or not, make good coaches because just like everybody else, not everybody makes a good right. radio host. Not everybody makes a good podcast person. Not, but if you really are into it, then you can tell, and you can tell pretty quick once they get into yeah. it. And so I hope that answered your question. It does. I've been, with a, I've been with all of those types, and I've been with some ex-players that are great coaches. 
Well, I mean, it, it just, you know, and, and it's interesting too, because, you know, the amount of people that you have coached, Mike, the Marshall and Wilson and Singletary, I mean, the, the three teams, it seems like there was three people and this. I was reading an article that you had, each team had like three people that, you know, were pretty elite and went on to, is that, are those all linebackers? Well, you know why that was? And let me tell you why it was. It, it, it's, it's easy. Most of those teams that I coached on and mo- when I was either an assistant or I was the head coach or the coordinator were four, three teams. So you had three right. linebackers. Yep. And so I was fortunate enough to all of those years to have really good dudes. Look, when I was hired at the, at, at the Chicago Bears in 1986, I'd been coaching in college for 13 years. Mike Dick interviewed five people for that job when it came open after the Super Bowl. And I was the only one that had no experience. And I was the youngest one by 25, 30 years. There were only eight people on the staff at that time. Staffs have 28 now. So they'd, they'd only had seven. I was going to be the eighth. So he brought me in there to interview. You know, I was down in Dallas recruiting. I was working at Kansas State at the time. You know, and I was, you know, I was a good recruiter in college because I could talk. Yeah. You know, I could go in and get kids to come. They trusted me. Parents trusted me. And so I get a call and, 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 and the guy, Vince Tobin, who's the head coach, said, hey, look, I know you're in Dallas recruiting right now. He said, would you like to come interview with the Bears? And so me, the world I'm in now, because Vince Tobin had originally was supposed to go with Jim Moore to the New Orleans Saints. That's where I thought he was. And so I'm thinking in my head, and I went, Baylor? I said, I don't want to interview at Baylor. I said, I'm good. He said, no, Chicago Bears. I said, well, what are you doing? He said, what are you doing? I said, what are you doing there, coach? He said, well, I just took the job with Mike Ditka. I, you know, I, I, I left the Saints and, and, and took this job. So anyway, so I go up there to interview. I wanted to interview with Coach Ditka just for the experience of sitting like I'm sitting across from you in a room with Mike Ditka. I just wanted that experience. Yeah, yeah. You know, at 31 years old or, you know. I mean, in, so in 1986, how, how long had he had been coach? Oh, yeah. Well, he'd been, he'd been the head coach there. He got the head job there in 84. So he'd only been there a couple of years. Yeah. And so he, what made Mike Dick uh, so, uh, such a – at that point in time, where was he at before that? He was the special teams coach for Tom Landry at Dallas. Oh, she Nikes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He, 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 Tom Landry. Yeah. So, I mean, it's – anyway. That's awesome. I mean, he, he got, he no, got there after the Super Bowl year. Yeah. So, anyway, anyway, Mike – Mike did. So, so Mike – piss you off a little bit? Well, not really. I mean, it wasn't their fault. You know, I mean, I mean, I went to the Super Bowl ring ceremony and gave all those linebackers their rings, and I had zero to do with it. But, but so when I get there, you know, and 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 I figure he's got four guys from the league that he's going to talk to. Uh, I just want this experience. Yeah. Come up to the Bears. I mean, that's a Super Bowl shuffle Bears. Why well, not? Why do I want not want to go up there and talk with Mike Ditka? So I did it, and you know, he, you know. He asked me a lot of questions. Kid, why do you want this? Kid this, kid that. You know, what do you think? And he said, you know, can you spend the night? And I said, sure. You know, what am I doing? You know, and so. <laughs> did you, did, did, now, did you get to talk to the, the regular size Ditka or mini Ditka? What, which one was, did you get to go to first? No, it was Mike Ditka. It was the big, the, the big guy. The, the real Ditka. And so anyway, and then, you know, the I'm sitting in the office and I'm thinking the next day that his, his, his uh, assistant comes in and she says, you know, coach would like to see you, you know, the next day. And I said, okay, well, I'm figuring I'm getting a plane ticket out of town and I'm fine with that. Yeah. I've gotten to talk to Mike Ditka. I've been seen there, you know, come on, man. Street cred. Well, a little bit. Yeah. And so, you know, I go in and sit down and he said, uh, you want this job, kid? I went, yes, sir. I said, all right. He said, you got it. He said, I remember two things. 
you're the coach, they're the players, and I've always got your back. Now go to work. No kid, that was it. That was it. So is best that, experience of my life. Is that made my career? Look, let me tell you something. Right. Yeah, you can tell talking to me, I'm not very smart. All right. <laughs> I, I'm not a smart dude. But when I'm talking to him, all right, you know, and and, and so all of a sudden I've got three all world linebackers and after I coach them for one year, I'm going all over the country lecturing on linebacker play. I'm a linebacker guru. I still don't know anything, you know. But it, it's the players. But it was a, it was it was it was Camelot. What was what was Mike Singletary? What was I mean? Like what was that about? It so, was it was it was still a very good friend of mine to this day. You know, brought him to the Rams when I it came when I first went up there. I mean, how long does this podcast last? Uh, we're well. That's it. Thank you so much for coming. <laughs> you know what? I'll come back next time the dog's here, and I'll tell you when I was head coach of the Bears for six hours. Didn't know it for three. Are you kidding me? My, I want to hear it. Let's I would, hear it. I would never we got li- plenty of time. I would never lie about any. I don't. <laughs> Hut, do I do I lie about any? What? What am I? It's all got, true. I mean, it's all crazy, and it's all true. I've got three groups that approached me in L.A. about doing a book, and I'm going to one of these days because we sat just like this at dinner with three different groups and doing this, and they said. Is that true? <laughs> Coach Mack, would you, will you say that? I said, sure I will, when I'm all done. So what was the six hours? When I'm all done. Well, just relax. I mean, you said we got plenty of time. <laughs> so so here's, here's what. So anyway, you're talking, you're talking about Singletary. Weaver, hang on. Here's how I know everything's true. Because I've heard, and the story never gets old. I've heard this, I don't know. If I've heard it once, I've heard it a, thir- a thousand how, times. How about no? It stop. never get, No, hang on. It never gets old, <laughs> and on. it's always exactly the same. You know how if you're That's if right. you're weaving a story yeah. and you're exaggerating a bit, you exaggerate different elements of the story. Sure. The story is exactly the same every time. <laughs> Hut, how was it when we walked around the streets of Chicago? It's one of my we- it's one of my favorite memories with with Titans Radio. We were was it the preseason? Yeah, it was a preseason preseason game. So we had a night game. Um, we're going to get back to the story. That's fine. <clears throat> preseason game, night game. We're burning time in Chicago. And, uh, I just, I sent Mac a text. I'm like, Hey man, I'm bored. Uh, we got done with the show and we had at that time, I think I got off the air at one or two o'clock and I, we're, buses don't leave till five. What do you want? You want to go, let's walk around. So I walked around Chicago with Mac and he reminisced with me. He's pointing to a uh, party with Ditka. Ditka used to throw parties <laughs> on the rooftop here. And, uh, we, he, this is one of the dinner spots. We go over the river and right down here is where Dicka would always want to do certain things. And it was unbelievable. And, and what hit me and what sets up the story for the six hour. And he didn't know it for three is when you walk around Chicago, no matter what time of year, Cubs jerseys, but also white Sox jerseys, you see some bulls jerseys and some Blackhawks, but everyone, literally everyone is in bears gear. Yeah. And no matter what side of the city you're living on and who you're rooting for, you're a Bears fan. And, yeah. and, and it hit me. I said, right. man, you, you turned down this job. You know, he, he, he speaks of the best time of his life in Camelot, and he turned down the Bears gig. He could have been the head coach of the Chicago Bears. No, I was for six hours. Hut. Oh, you were, yeah. Yeah. I was, okay, I was, what, 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 how, how are you head coach for the, six hours? And, uh, you really want to know this, don't you? And I'm going to tell you. But we're walking around the town, and people, in the hut, people go, "Coach Mac, Coach yeah. Mac, it's a it, it, it's the coolest place in the world." Yeah, I, I love, love Chicago. It. I could have been there forever. Anyway, I don't want to know about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah, I do. I'm just teasing. Oh, so here's some video up here of uh, the coverage. 
You want to hear it? Yeah, turn yeah. this on. Here, what does that say? And no contract agreement. Brad Palmer has that story. Brad Palmer, oh, yeah. the professor. The Bears did all they could to try to put a favorable spin on the This guy's named the professor. Dave McGinnis, like Michael McCaskey, wouldn't go into specifics on why he withdrew his name from consideration. But McCaskey said it wasn't about money. That, he was wearing that jacket standard. That's exactly right. got cold feet. I don't understand it fully, and you'd have to ask him. I think he considered it a question of whether this was the right time and the right fit. If I'm a defensive coordinator at, at, at Phoenix and I have a chance to be the head coach of the Chicago Bears, I'm going to get the job done if I want the job. I can, I'll get through whatever I have to get through. And I'm not putting it on Mac. I'm just telling you how I feel. Because if, if I'm that situation and I want to be a head coach, football coach in the National Football League, I'm going to get the deal done. I really feel that way. And if it didn't get done, he wasn't the right person. Obviously, we couldn't reach an agreement. I mean, it started, uh, you know, there was an announcement made, obviously, before we had uh, even agreed to any terms. And then, uh, you know, it, it, it went downhill from there. Dave had given his word to several people that we would talk to them personally, being our families, Mr. Bidwell fans, and that didn't happen. And um, it was just uh, not right. All right. So, all right. So. So there, this is a bungle. They, they, I think they call it a bungle. Right? <laughs> this I mean, is a bungle. Uh, yeah. yeah I, I, so now you think, look, Michael McCaskey, who is uh, the whole background of the Bears. I mean, Michael McCaskey is Virginia McCaskey's oldest child. They had thirteen children. She was George Hallis's daughter. Uh, so you know, I mean, she's she's a matriarch of the league. I love Virginia McCaskey. Her husband Ed, God rest his soul. Virginia is the matriarch of the league now. Let's get this straight. I love the Bears. Still do. Michael's and. I went up there. Let's start. Okay. I left in 1996 to go to the Cardinals as a coordinator. They didn't want me to leave, but I thought if I'm going to ever be able to advance in this league, I wanted to be a coordinator. I'd turned down a couple of jobs, but I, you know, because the Bears was a great job. But I said, you know, I'm going to go because I, you know, and the, the Cardinals hadn't been very good. Maybe we've got a chance to do something. Anyway, 1998, 96, 97. In 1998, we get in the playoffs. First time they've been in the playoffs in 50 years. We go to Dallas, the first playoff game. We're still in the NFC East. We beat Dallas in the playoffs in Dallas. Okay? Huge win. Huge upset. Uh, it, was a, it, was a, it was a great game. We had them shut out. Defense had them shut out until Deion Sanders took a punt back on us. All right? So, anyway, great game. And, look, when you're in the playoffs as, a, as an assistant coach in the National Football League, you're all over the TV because you're the only games, right? And I'd already, I'd already had, they, I'd already conducted interviews for the league on video like this for two years to to send to other clubs as a potential head coach candidate. So I was on the radar. All right. So anyway, after we win that playoff game, we go to Minnesota, we get crushed by Minnesota. That was the game. You know, that's when Denny Green had the and Brian Billick was the offensive coordinator. That's when they had the highest scoring offense in the history of the league with Randy Moss and you know Chris Carter oh, and that yep, group. Yep. All right. They 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 smoked us. We weren't as good as they were, so we were done. So I come back and 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 I'm I'm down at the senior bowl and Mark Hatley, who I know very well, who I'd coached with in college, calls and said, Mac, look, the Bears really would like to interview you. Or were you interested? I said, sure I am. So they fly me up from Mobile, Alabama to, to Chicago, and I'm the fifth one to interview. I'm the, I'm the last guy to go to interview. And, and the process of the interview is this. I'm going to go in. It's a, it's a, it's a Wednesday night. I'm going to go in on Thursday, interview Thursday, uh, all day Thursday, leave Friday. He's already interviewed five people, Michael McCaskey, God rest his soul. He's passed away. 
And then they're going to make a decision the following week and let us know. And I Premature said, announcement. I said, I said, cool. I'm glad, but that's good with me. So I go up there, and part of their interview process was you had a press conference with all the Chicago and the national media because the Bears' job is a fairly big job. Yeah. You know, and so – you know, I'm in the press conference, and I know all those guys. Like I said, Brad Palmer, all those guys. I'd played golf with them. I knew all of them. And so I'm just talking to them and, you know, so crush the interview process with like that. And so I come back with Michael McCaskey after that part of it, the press conference, and and he says, look, uh, and that they were trying to get – they were trying to start talking with Mayor Daly about getting the stadium redone, which they've since done. And now, I mean – and he said, look, I've got a meeting – with the mayor downtown, could you stay the night? Would you mind staying the night and we can finish this in the morning and then we'll get you out of here? And I said, sure. I mean, why not? Right. I said, I know people here, you know, I called my wife, brought her up there. I mean, we had a week off after the senior bowl anyway. And I told Bill Bidwell, who's the owner of the Cardinals. I said, look, I'll let you know exactly what's going on, but I, I'm going to come back here, you know, and, and talk because he's not going to make a decision till next week. So anyway, I go to dinner you know, we, I go to dinner and then the next morning I get up and start getting dressed. I mean, you know, you two guys sitting here aren't real smart dudes, but you guys, <laughs> that's true. You guys, you guys would have gotten up and gotten dressed thinking they're <laughs> going to come get me. We're going to finish this interview. Then I'm going to get a flight and my wife and I are out of here. Okay. So I'm sitting there dressed, you know, looking like I'm getting ready to go to my first communion and <laughs> it's eight o'clock, eight thirty nine o'clock and I'm going, what the hell? You know, I'm kind of sitting there and the phone rings. It's Leslie Frazier. Now, Leslie Frazier had played for us at the bears, you know, and Les Frazier was the head uh, since has been the head coach of the, of the Vikings. He's now the defensive coordinator at the Buffalo bills at that time. You know, I'd started to put a staff together, which I had a pretty good group put together and I was going to hire Les as one of my defensive coaches. Well, he was working for North Turner at the time, the university of Illinois, and he was recruiting South Chicago. So he calls and said, and I'd flown on the plane from, from Mobile up to Chicago because Andy Reid had just gotten the Eagles job. Uh, uh, you know, the North Turner had just gotten the Redskins job, so or the Washington football team. So we flew up there together, and we were talking about staff and stuff. And so anyway, Les calls and says, Coach, look. Uh, and I told, Les, I told Les I'm going to hire you if I get this job. He said, good. He said, Coach, just let me know I've got a job. And, I, and, and, and I'm coming. I said, well, Les – I don't have this job yet. He said, well, Andy Reid has called me and has offered me a job, but he needs an answer because he's got some other people. And I mean, there's, you know, it, 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 moves, it moves like this, yeah. you know, when you're doing that. I said, Les, I can't in good faith tell you, you know, that, you know, I'm going to hire you if I get this job. I don't have the job. He said, coach, please just tell me that I'm coming. I said, you're coming with me if I get this job. He said, coach, it's been on the radio for two hours. You're the head coach. He says, <laughs> there's a, there's a press conference at one o'clock. You're the head coach. And I went, wow. really? I said, Les, look, let me tell you something. I'm telling you, I don't know this. So I'm telling you, if Andy is telling you he needs a decision, you need to tell him you're going with him. Because I can't in good faith. I would never do that to you. Yeah. He said, really? You serious? I said, you got to do it. So anyway, he takes a job. Well, then the phone rings again. It's Mike Singletary. Mike's living up there. Coach, congratulations. I'm coming to the press conference. Oh, my God. I said, Mike. I, I really would like to have you there. I said, but I know nothing about this. And he said, oh, my Lord. Mike Singletary's never said a curse word in his life. He said, oh, my Lord. I said, look, I'll let you know what's going on. So anyway, then the phone rings, and it's Mark Hatley, who you just saw in that clip. And he said, Mac, 
He said, Mac, where are you? I said, Hat, I'm still sitting in my hotel room. He said, nobody has gotten a hold of you last night or this morning? I said, no. And then so Hat did cuss. He since passed away too. And he said a few words and he yeah. said, just sit tight and I'll come get you. I said, no. They had me in a, in a hotel in the north side, of, north shore of Chicago under an assumed name. I mean, this was whole, you know, hush, hush. secret service stuff. Yeah. And so I'm saying, no, because I had a car because I'd lived there for 10 years. I knew everybody. I'd been going to see, you know, up, up there. I had a car. I said, no, I'll drive myself up there. So I drive up into the facility. I mean, there's, I mean, satellite trucks. They're, you know, I mean, it's a, a deal. It's a deal. And so I'm walking in and all everybody's hugging me. Congratulations, Mac. You know, we, this is so great. You know, we love having you back. We just love this. You know, there's on the radio, one of Chicago zones, you know, the, uh, the whole thing. You saw how it was. Yeah. You saw it. So anyway, I go into Michael Caskey's office. He said, congratulations. You know, you're 12th head coach in Chicago Bear history. Just want to congratulate you. We've got a press conference. And I said, Michael, what are you doing? I said, what is this? What, what What's going on here? I said, I, you know. He said, well, he said, look, it's been as a clerical error. You know, we apologize. He said, we, I said, we haven't talked money. We haven't talked coaches. We haven't talked. He said, we'll get all that squared away. We've got a press conference to go to. And we'll, I said, wait a minute. Whoa. Yeah. I said, he said, why, well, you know, you know how much we love you here. You know how much he said, I just thought, I said, Michael, basically you've named me the head coach of the Chicago bears without even offering me the job. We haven't talked money. We haven't talked salary. We haven't talked, I mean, nothing, Anything. nothing. And so it started to spin from there. He said, well, we got a press conference. And I said, we've got nothing right now. He said, well, what do you mean? I said, we got, we don't have anything right now. I said, I've got my attorney sitting right back here. Who's from Chicago, you know, pretty high powered attorney He's sitting. He said, well, you know, we don't need any of that. I said, yeah, we do. So I said, there is no press conference right now. And then things started to spin. Meaning that did they were they were they getting pissed off at, no. the, at this situation? So so no. how how did how uh, the, an organization that big? Uh, look how how does it get there? Did, did you ever find out? Did you ever understand? Well, sure. Well, I mean, you saw it, right? But I I'm mean, saying, was that a ploy? Was that a, was that a chess move to try to get you to say yes? You know what I really think happened. And again, as I said, I was very close with the with the family. You know, I had a great reputation up there. I'd done a lot of things. I was an up and coming you know young coach in the league. Uh, it would have, you know, one of Ditka's guys, it was a perfect fit. Uh, I just, uh, I think he assumed yeah. that no matter what, that, you know, that I would just take the job. And that's not the way, especially in a city like, look, city, Chicago's a tough city. And if, if, if those players, not only the players, the whole city, if they know that you just rolled over like that in that city, you're done. Yeah. Because, you know, I had a reputation in the league as being a pretty squared up dude and that wasn't going to work. Such an interesting and prestigious thing to be a head coach of a football team, obviously, and very hard to do. Looking back on it now, uh, and I'm sure you've thought about this a thousand ways to Sunday, or maybe not at all. Uh, but when you took the job at Arizona, was that was that kind of a to you like once that happened with Chicago, you were like, I don't, those guys need to, I don't want to talk to him anymore. I don't want to deal with that from Chicago anymore. Is that why you didn't go back and try to figure something out with them? Well, because let me just say this, and I'll tell you what, what tipped it. I mean, there was a whole lot going on. But when we started talking, you know, and, and, and it was, I mean, it was real money. And because the Chicago Bears job is, even back then, that's 19, you know, that's 1998. It, it was still, is that the 99 season to start? That's big money. Yeah. A lot more money than you're making as an assistant coach or a coordinator in the league. 
at the time. And plus, it's the Chicago Bears. I mean, there's there's a lot laid out there. And I was ready to be a head coach. But like that, and I said, look, we haven't talked. And I'll just paraphrase a lot of it. Yeah. I said, look, we haven't talked coaches. We haven't talked salaries. We haven't talked my contract. We haven't talked. Well, then he pulled you know, pad out from his desk and said, well, here's what I've got in mind on a yellow pad. And I looked at it, and I wasn't even looking at the numbers. And he said, look, I've got you know this, this much money. This, I mean, it's real money. And he said, but, you know, I've, uh, I'm still paying off a coach now that, you know, we've let go. And so, you know, I, I would like in here a clause that I, I have a buyout after the second year at this much money, you know, if, you know, at my discretion, I went, wait a minute. So basically you're telling me that I'm going to bring 15 guys and their families up here basically for 16 months and I've got a four-year contract, but basically we've got 18 months. And if you don't like the way it's going, then I get this amount of money and they're done. And we have, and we have, I said, I, I, how can I get a staff in here and tell them, look, here's how we're coming in. He said, well, they don't have to know. And I went, wait a minute. I said, you don't know who you're dealing with. I said, that's not how I built my reputation in this league. And I said, no, I said, we don't have anything right now. Then it really started spinning. <laughs> it, I mean, was it pretty much done at that point? You left? Well, no, I didn't leave then because then I got on the phone with 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 his parents and Virginia McCaskey, who were the you know, I mean, just check check their bios right. out in the sure. league. I mean, they're well, half the streets are named after. Were, were pillars of the league of of the league and of of Chicago, and they called me and they said, please. Take the job and forget all that. We'll do this. I will tell you this. And Michael McCaskey, you know, God bless him. And when I became a head coach, I was at owners' meetings, and he and Ed and Virginia were always very gracious to me there. I mean, there was really no hard feelings. It was just there was – an. and I told him, and I told his parents too. I said, you know how much I love this place. I said, but there's no amount of power, position, or money that's going to make me compromise my honesty, my integrity, or my dignity. I said, it's just not happening. I said, it's not going to work. And so he said, well, would you spend the night? We'll work out. So I did. I came back in the next morning. He said, come meet at my house. I said, no, I'm not coming to your house. We went back up the office. Same thing again. You saw the yeah. people that followed me to, to yeah. O'Hare. And we sat like this across from each other for a while. And he said, look, taking all that out, here's this, here's this. And I was just staring at him kind of like I'm staring at you now. Uh, but I like you. I liked him too <laughs> at the time. But, you know, I'm staring at him. And he says, this isn't going to work, is it? And I said, no, it's not. And I said, this this because they would not take out the whole two years. No, they took it out. I said this they is. Did. I said this is not right from the start. I said, you got to understand that when you come into the, the, it should be the best it ever is when you come into a job. That's right. And and I said, you know, and I know this wasn't done correctly. I've got no ill feelings at all. I mean, you heard me there on that clip. Yeah. No ill feelings at all. I said, but it just doesn't. It wasn't handled correctly. I said so. And I called, I called Bill Bidwell, God rest his soul too, back at the, and, and he already had a replacement. They were sitting there waiting to announce my replacement in, in Arizona as a defensive coordinator, but they were waiting on me. So he's gotten all this, you know, what I had promised him before I left, you heard what my wife said, he'd promised Mr. Bidwell, he'd let him know because you owe that to your owner, yeah. let them know what's going on. And so he, I, he called, he got on the phone and I, he said, what's going on up there? And so I gave him a little bit of the cliff notes of what this is. He said, I've never heard of that in my life. I said, if I walk out of this place right now, do I have my job back in Arizona? 
because I didn't know. Yeah. And he said, I'll pick you up at the airport. Oh, wow. And so. The head coaching job for that Arizona was not on the table at this point. Oh, no, no. I, I went back as a coordinator. Yeah. For another, for another year. All right. So let's stop right there real quick and let me take a quick break and then uh, we'll come back and I want to hear how Arizona went. But then I want to kind of get into some other little things that we can, you know, kind of pinpoint that I have football questions because, I mean, how many times am I going to get to talk to a, a talk to somebody somebody like that? But I was a head coach for six hours, didn't know it for three, and I'm still trying to get that on my NFL pension just to put that on the team. <laughs> oh, that's right. Is that is, That's not how that works though, is it? Uh, no. Oh, damn <laughs> We'll <laughs> Sponsors for How Valid is the Validity Aurora Nutriscience True Liposomal Supplements Guidance Whiskey Look for Guidance Sony Mobile Car Audio Next Level Verdoliac Law Group. Let us help you. Maestro Headphones. German engineering you can hear. Media Ninja. Helping you understand how to use social media. How valid is the validity? Wednesday nights live on Facebook and YouTube. 7 Central, 8 Eastern. Or download wherever you get your podcasts. Odds are, if you watch TV, you've seen plenty of ads for lawyers. It's usually a lawyer telling you how great they think they are. But at the Verdoliac Law Group, it's different. It's always about the client. In fact, all of us are actual clients, and we're here to proudly tell you how much the Verdoliac Law Group has done for us. What impresses me most is how much the Verdoliac Law Group believes in their clients. They only get fees if they win, and they use their own dollars to take cases to trial. $9 billion, over 30,000 clients represented, and almost 60 years in business. That's a testament to their strength, knowledge, and success. In fact, call them with all your legal needs. Like the saying goes, if they've been around that long, they must know what they're doing. If you're injured in a car or truck accident, any work-related injury, or as a result of a medical error, call Verdoliac Law Group, where it's always about the client. Injured, call Verdoliac Law Group. To be a part of the show, call us at 808-707-8108 that's 808-707-8108 or you can email your thoughts to weaver at hvvcast.com how valid is the validity if you think you don't understand now wait until we start talking <laughs> one of my favorite right there uh, if you don't understand now wait until we start talking coach mac and john hutton here so your your titan sports Network right for NFL, Titan, yeah, yeah, Titans Radio, and and John's with Outkick three hundred and sixty, correct, right. So you guys are arch nemesis now, not really, okay, no, still best of friends, no, no I just yeah. you know sometimes the best arch nemesis, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I've never had very many arch nemesis because <laughs> there's somebody I don't like, I don't even mess with them anyway, so it doesn't matter. Oh my god, oh my god. So I'm going to finish up on this one thing because I kind of I kind of want to know uh, what was the, what was I going to ask? Oh, if if you were an ant, no, I'm just teasing. <laughs> the, the, looking back on it now, uh, at all, again, I can, I can help maybe, you. Maybe, let, maybe, let, maybe, maybe you don't. Let me help you. Okay. I know what you're going to ask. Do, okay. I, do I regret walking no, the job? No, not regret, but do you feel like knowing how life works that, that it, the relationship, cause I don't regret anything. I think that everybody makes Good, decisions. Glad, that, right. Right. But, but when you think about if you would have stayed, cause sometimes relationships have a rocky start, but they end up being okay. 
right? So you can't say that. I, I understand how you're saying, you know, this didn't, this wasn't right from the start, but sometimes relationships have rocky starts that, and, you know, they end up getting, what made you feel that that wasn't going to be possible? Well, because it, it never was right from the, from the start. Everything was so right. And then all of a sudden everything was so wrong. So there has to be a real amount of trust between you and the ownership when you take a head job in the National Football League. That's paramount for anything. There has to be because you work so closely together and everything is tied together with that element of trust. If that element of trust is not there, then you can't, you can't work. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't happen. I'd been in the league for a while. I've been in the league for a long time. Now I've, I've seen it over and over again. So I knew. I mean, did it, it, it broke my heart to leave there and not be the head coach of the Bears. Sure it did, but do I regret the decision? Not at all, because yeah. I made my decision for the right reasons. Yeah. And plus, I still had a great relationship with uh, Ed and Virginia McCaskey, and as I said, Michael McCaskey before he passed away. And plus, still I can walk around the city of Chicago and people still like me because they appreciated the honesty. Right. You know, because as I said, which in, which in politics up there and a lot of other things in Chicago is very hard to come by. No, no, no they're all they're all honest. But <laughs> but as I say, it's a city of big shoulders for a reason. You've got to be willing to stand up. You know, and especially if you're the head coach of the Bears, that's what they want. That's why Mike Ditka was the perfect Bears head coach because he was Chicago. And of course, you know, I'd been with him all those years, and I just knew what it what you had to do, and that's not the way you do it. So you, now you go through all that. You go back to Arizona, somehow uh, you, you, you become the head coach, whatever, whatever, how you get there. It, it, what, what was it about Arizona as, as a defensive coordinator that made you feel like, or what was the transition like as far as, you know, you felt like I'm going to, as a head coach, that this is, I'm going to be able to take this team because Arizona's never, especially to that point, had a rough, rough. Well, it still was rough. And let me, let me tell you why I did it. First of all, if you walk one of these things, you very seldom get a chance to get another one, okay? Ah. I'm not talking. I'm not talking interview and don't get it. Yeah. I'm talking about walk one of them. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Because it's a very tight circle and it is very real. But everybody in the league understood why I did it. They did. I mean, they knew. I mean, I was at owners' meetings. They knew. They understood it. But you can't continue to say no. Now Arizona was a much tougher job, and it was when I had it. And one of my main jobs there was to help get a stadium built. Because if they had not gotten that stadium built that we finally got pushed through after two, I mean, I, I became a politician. I, I stood at polling places with Joe Green, a Hall of Famer, with Larry Wilson, you know, all-time Hall of Famer, their safety, you know, and, and had people walk by, you know, telling us they weren't going to vote for a stadium because we were rich and they weren't, you know, and standing there and had them come measure how far you can stand from a polling place out there. So I went through all of it to help them get a stadium, which I did. But th at that time, I mean, it, it, it wasn't – and at the, at the time, too, it, it was right on the cusp of the, of the big money coming in for television contracts. It was right on the cusp of all of those things that, you know, they, they had to have to survive. So I didn't win very many games out there because I had to clear a salary cap that was in a shambles. You get younger and you get not as good. Right. You know, I had some great players for a while, but they wouldn't pay to keep them. I mean, that, that's – it all that, figures in. Right, it right. all figures in. But do I regret it? No, because, I mean, I've got great reputation now in Phoenix still because of that. And and so to me, 
I knew how tough that job was going to be to take. But once I said not, I wasn't going to be the, the Bears coach, that didn't preclude me because I also interviewed for the New Orleans Saints head job too. So I've interviewed for three jobs and got two of them. I mean, that's not a bad record, you know, but I was undefeated as the Bears head coach. I mean, I, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> so I went and interviewed for the Saints job myself, Jim Hazlitt, yeah. John Fox, and uh, Gary Kubiak. We were the four that interviewed down there, and then Jim Hazlitt got the job. So I've I've been through it in the National Football League after 35 years. Someone so, took a loss that day. It wasn't Mac. Whenever yeah. he walked the job. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. Did you ever feel like with the Arizona Cardinals at any point in time during that coaching job that maybe you, you would have a winning season? Yes. The the year because we went we went nine and seven and went to the playoffs and won the first playoff game in fifty one years. Okay. Right. Had a, a decent group coming back the next year and then the year after. So I thought maybe if I can clear this cap and we can bring some free agents in and get some money, but we never would do that. We had about a two year window there, but when you won't See, when you have success and if you won't repay some of your players and you let most all of them go, well, then you're not going to be good anymore. But yeah. at that at that time, I mean, I can still go through. They had a salary cap then, but you had a ceiling, but you didn't have a floor. Now you have a floor where you have to spend so much. Back then you had no floor. So if you didn't have any money coming in from the stadium, which they were still in Sun Devil Stadium, Arizona State, it wasn't their fault. They had no money coming yeah. in. All right, so I mean, I can go. This that's why these people want this book, because I had that. I was head coach of the Bears six hours. Didn't know it for three. I moved the Rams to from St. Louis to L.A., where we moved four different times in seven months. I mean, I've got some stories, but you don't have enough electricity in this room to run all of them. <laughs> so okay, that then that that's 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 great. And so the, the that's head, great. The, the the linebacker situation um, obviously has been something that you've. The assistant head coach is you're the you're over top of all the the coordinators and yes the line and the coaches too yes so how did you have you felt good in that role since you had it I, I enjoyed that role I was an assistant head coach for twelve years in the league you know and and mainly for for Jeff Fisher and I I loved it because he, then I got to interact with everybody and here's and here's really what happened because if you enjoy coaching you enjoy coaching because of the players. But then I could really get involved in the players more with just who they were, what was going on in their lives, what was making them tick, maybe, you know, see some things. And a lot of time, and professional athletes are, you know, they're, they're special people anyway, but a lot of times they don't want to admit if something's going wrong or if, you know, if they're having if right. something, but, but they would, they would come to me and I could, I love that role. I really did. I, I really enjoyed that role. I love the coaching aspect of it because I, I, I and, and, it's, and of course I'm still involved when you're assistant head coach, you're still involved with the, with the strategy part of the game. Yeah. You're still involved with the game, you know, on, on game day, very, very clearly. But it, it was a role that I really, uh, you know, kind of grew into that I, I really enjoyed because I got to be with all of the players and I've had some great relationships with that. And as I said, I've been fortunate enough, Chris, for, to be on, teams with eight National Football League Hall of Famers. And five with the Bears. I mean, Singletary, yeah. Richard Dent, Dan Hampton, Walter oh, Dent, Walter Payton, right. Jim Covert, who's just who's going in this year. And then, you know, I had Coach Aeneas Williams, you know, at, at at Arizona, who's a Hall of Fame cornerback, Coach Emmett Smith, you know. Oh wow. Had you know, you know, had Emmett Smith there and then had Kevin Mawai, you know, there at the Titans. So eight of them and so just being able to be involved with players, you know, however 
significant they were on the team. That's that's what coaching's about. It really was. So did I enjoy it? I loved it. Do you feel do you feel like and we can move on after this, but do you feel like that you when you left coaching, when you got out of the league that way, that you kind of accomplished what you pretty much what you wanted to do as a coach? Nah, you know, when I when 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 I left LA, you know, I was I was in LA and you know, when Jeff Jeff Fisher got let go out there, I still had a year left on my contract. Had some, you know, decent money. So I was set up in LA and I mean it was it was good, but I I'd been here for uh, here, I'm talking about Tennessee, the Titans, for eight years with knew everybody in the organization, love the organization, love the city. I mean, I I'm from West Texas. All the places I've lived, t- Nashville, Tennessee is a lot like where I grew up. I really enjoyed getting back where they say y'all again. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I did. And and so when this opportunity came to do be join the broadcast team with another Hall of Famer, with Mike Keith, I said, you know what, I, I, I think I'll, I'll try that. And then I got with Titans Radio, and it was, it was an immediate click. And plus, you know, people in this, in this city and really in the Titans Radio Network are so good to me. I mean, it's just been because now I'm able to portray some of it. It's not really how much I know because I, I know ball. But it's not how much I know. It's how much I can make it enjoyable to the listeners yeah. and the people that I talk to. And it's been it's been great. So do I think I accomplished everything I could coaching? Absolutely not. I don't have six rings like, you know, Tom Brady. But what does he say? I, I want another one. So you never are satisfied. Right. You're never satisfied when you're in professional sports because it's just the thrill of the competition and the adrenaline and just the, the pump that it is when you're competing. You can't get that legally anywhere else in the country you just can't that being said your transition from radio yeah uh as far as announcing a game or or, or, right so i want to talk to uh, get your guys' perspective on this how and and for people to understand when you're watching on television okay and and you go to a football game it seems slower to me when i'm there as opposed to the, the the tv when you guys, and I'll start with you, but announcing these games, when you, these elite players, as you called them earlier, these guys that you know are going to be Hall of Famers or have had great careers and still playing Tom Brady and those type of people, what is the difference seeing them from the booth? Are you able to see that magic from these guys? And then, and then also then on the field, watching these, these, these guys play at the same time. And I, you understand what I'm saying? So, it, oh, I mean, it's like it, it, you're watching thoroughbreds. But I mean, I mean you, you understand what I'm saying? Like in the sense that you're just looking at them and, and you can see the – because all these guys are elite, right, to a certain extent yes. to get there. Yes. How, how do you see – how does it look – you know, when you know what you're looking for, how does that work? Well, Mac, Mac that's what make Mac can sense what's coming two, two or three plays ahead of time. You know, that's what the great coordinators do is they're anticipating what they're doing. They're setting things up. Mac can read that based on what, how – Certain defenses are coming out to play a certain scheme, vice versa. Offensive coordinator dictating the, the, the pace of the game. And then Mike Keith is the best at storytelling, period. And he, he mentioned the Hall of Famers. Mike's in the Hall of Fame because no one tells a story better. Yeah. Um, and uh, that pair together has been – it's been a blast over the – how many years is this now, Mac? Five? Five. It's been a blast. I've been sitting behind them for four, um, watching them uh, call games. In commercial break, Mac will set something up, be like, hey – coming out they're going to try to do this 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 and sure enough you know he he sees it ahead of time that that's the special link with it and um and mac would never say this mike would never admit this mike is great at setting mac up yeah. and i don't even know if mac knows that 
like in real time. You know what I mean? Yeah, like sure. that, there's a gift to it where you put the ball on the tee and he knocks it out of the park. Yeah. They, they, it's perfect. It's a perfect pair and they, they just match well in the moment. So that being said, and, and I'm going to rephrase this question, but watching the game, not being a coach and, yeah. and, and calling a game, right? Yeah, but I'm just you. If you're calling the game, you just call what you see. It, it's really no different from high school to college to pro. You're just letting the game dictate the story. How does it feel as far as the difference between the window up at the top when you can see the field that way? Oh, different world. As, right, and that's why I, I, I want people. Is there somewhere to explain this so people can understand? Yeah, that? I, I, I'll do, and I, and I like it. And you're going down a good path because, first of all, the worst seat in the house is on the sideline. The worst right, seat in the right, house. Right, right, right. Everybody thinks that's where you want to be, and you do because I mean, down there you can smell it. I mean, down there it's real. I mean, you can feel it. I mean, it's it's. And when I first got in the league and I was on the sideline, I went, "Oh my God!" You don't is... feel the speed until no, no, you're down there. No, it, 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 yeah. and 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 the violence. It's violent. Yeah, yeah. And 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 just the intensity. And then with the first, you know, my first game in Soldier Field, we played the Cleveland Browns, and you know, with I mean, Uh-oh. with Kosar, and I mean, it was a, it was the feeling when I'm down there. I'm going. And they told me, just going back again. They said, "Look, you know, now back when I was coaching, I mean, we'd go to we'd go to camp for six weeks. You know, it was a different world. And you had two a days, twice a day in the heat up in Platteville, Wisconsin, full pads. I mean, different world. But anyway, they said, "Look, and we practiced against the New Orleans Saints. They came in, and I mean, we had fifteen, twenty thousand people at every practice. I mean, it was a circus. And they said, you know, practices like this and with other teams or something, but." Preseason games, I said, they, they told me, I said, you got to get used to the speed of the preseason game. They said, but when the regular season hits and you experience that first regular season game in person, you tell me what it feels like, all right? And then they say, and then when we go to the playoffs, you tell me what that feels like. <laughs> right. And it's a different world. I've been to the Indy 500 probably 13, 14 times. You know, I mean, I just – and if you've ever been at Indy Carburation Day and st- stood down there in the pits when they're coming around on Carburation yeah. Day when they're testing and the physical rush that you get because uh, how fast they're going by you and you're going, how can this humanly happen? That's how it is on an NFL field on game day because it's happening so fast and it's so quick. I mean, it's, it's like nothing else you can explain. When you're upstairs, because I, you know, I also was in yeah. the booth as a coach because you know, it's different. There, you're in an environment where you can see it all, and it has to be quiet because you're thinking, as Hutt said, two, three, four plays ahead. You have replays. What's this offense layering up? What are you setting up? What's going on? How you know? How can I make the next next chess move before he makes this one? I mean, all it's a different world, but it's the best seat in the house. When I go to practices, you know, when Hutt comes to practice with, when I go to practices, I mean, people. You know, the media and stuff, they like to stand around me. But after a while, they don't because I stand in the end zone. They all want to get on the sideline and get up there and and get close. That's where you can see. I can see spacing, what's going on, what's getting ready to happen, gaps open, gaps closed, who's out of position. See everything from the end zone. and from So after having coached all my life, I mean, I can see what's going on. You can see what's happening. That's why Tony Romo is so good because quarterbacks have to f- see the game like that. I mean, that's it, but you know, and as a, as, as a you know, I, I think I'm the only former head coach doing this right now, right? In 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 the league broadcasting, yeah. You know, and yeah. so when you when you when you have seen it for so long and you've been there, because I when I first started broadcasting, I remember we were up there and 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 these guys is 
I came in here on a Wednesday, got on a plane, went to practice Thursday, got on a plane Friday to go do a first preseason game at the Jets in New York. And these guys had no idea what I could do. You know, I didn't either. And so, I mean, they go to dinner the night before without me. You know, they're really nice. And are saying, look. He had plans. Are saying, look, yeah. They're saying, look, don't don't get back, you know, riled up when we come in here. We don't know how it's going to be. And you know how this has got to be. And, then, and you know, you, people pay money for this. And, yeah. You know, we, and, 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 we don't want to pay fines for this. Yeah. And, and, and Titans Radio is a real big deal. And everybody loves it. And, you know, I, and so when I started doing it, and there's timing to it, and there's yep. a lot to it. And I, and they start explaining that to me. I said, guys, look, I've been in over 600 games in my life. I understand the timing of the game. I don't understand the timing up here. You guys have got to coach me up with that, but I promise you I'm coachable. I'll get there, yeah. No, well, and, it, and so after the first quarter, Brad Willis, who was the program director at the time, tapped me on the shoulder and told me to take off my headset, and I said, okay, here it comes. And, and he said, don't ever do anything different. Oh, wow. This is amazing. And so what it was, was as he's, it's Mike Keith, and I didn't know what Mike was doing, but he was, and all of a sudden, he and I just slotted in together, and then it's gotten better and better. Every, I mean, yeah. it's a blast now. I mean, Andy, it really is. Bring Can you bring up a, a football, just a, like just two teams going at it, I, I, and pause it? Because I, I want to, there's a couple of questions I have. I've been playing the game, playing Madden, doing all, for, for years and years and years, you know. Okay. I still don't necessarily understand uh, I try to watch. I pick a player and I just watch him, like where where he moves, you know. Because you know on Madden they got sixty million plays. Yeah. Right. And and yeah, you and, pick your playbook. Right. And and so when on during this playbook it, with the playbook, which is okay. you know the, usually like this thick sure. or whatever the case is. First off, uh, does does every player have to know only their position? No. So it's important for mm. the player to know. Numerous positions. Absolutely, you have to. Right. So you, is you, it, you have to know. You you. I don't mean to interrupt you. No, you're I, not. No. But I did. But but <laughs> you, you have to know how you fit with what the call is, and you not only have to know that, but you know, you have to be able to adjust that fit and that call to whatever the opponent is doing, pre-snap and post-snap. So there, there's a there's a, there's a big difference there. I mean, and I can get into a lot of things. But when I'm 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 doing the game on the radio, I'm painting a picture for people, and I'm saying, look, they're bogey and they're disguising. They're showing too high safety right now. But this one safety is about a half a yard shorter. He's getting ready to drop down. This is getting ready to be an eight man front. And so if the quarterback, if Ryan Tannehill can read that pre snap, he's throwing to the outside because now he's got single coverage and it's single high. So expect this throw right now to go outside to AJ Brown that's cut his split down to give him more room to work the sideline, and there it goes. <laughs> so quarterback wise, okay, so yeah, here here we go. So right now, what the hell is going on? Okay, first it, first of all, this is first of all when you when you look at it, this is middle of the field open defense. You see those two safeties split back there? Yeah. That's called middle of the field open. Okay. You're looking at middle of the field open. This looks to me like this is twelve personnel. Two tights, two wides, one back. The back's in the dot. He's seven and a half yards deep. See where his heels are right there? If he's seven and a half yards deep, okay, you've got a chance now as a as a third line defender. See those two safeties back there? Yeah. That gives you a little more time to read and to see what happens start that thing start that thing and this is a balanced set this is two by two but you've got you've got a cut split at the top that's a numbers minus three split at the top see that see that receiver at the top the top mm -hmm. of the screen yeah top of the screen see the numbers 
That's that's a numbers minus three split. He's three yards from the top of the numbers. That's a numbers minus three. That's a hip alignment by this next receiver here that looks to me like he's getting ready to go into motion. This is this is this is a double wing by these two tight ends. These are two tight ends down here. This is the close side of the formation to the defensive right. You see what I'm talking about? Yeah. This is the close side. That's the open side up there to the left. So if you've got any kind of defensive call made, open or closed, you're going to set your run front to where that close side is and your Passing strength is going to be where that open side is. Let it go. So play it slow. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, let it go. Let it go. Stop. This no is a temporary. No this, is a, this is a temporary <laughs> server error. Let me, let me read what's happening. Please try again too, later. Too slow. Okay, please try again later. Wow. We've only got about. Uh, Two more hours. No, is what happened? But I they, don't know. It, it, that doesn't matter. Okay. I'll tell you what was getting ready okay. to happen. Okay. That was a play action pass. They're running a crunch action with that wide receiver. That was play action. He was getting ready to he was getting ready to come across and then come out to the flat this way and it was a bootleg play. So my, my one of my one of my things is that that I don't understand. You 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 listed all that stuff. So, so you listed all that stuff. Listed. Listed all oh, that okay. stuff. So so now you got who who has to Who's who's this, the safety's the one that are supposed to read what that offense is going to do and the linebackers and the linebackers but that front line those guys on the front line because what gets me is why do they not just line up square off one to one and the guys that are in front of each other why are they why are they why is one defensive tackle or defensive end moving to the other side. If it's not a run play, for instance, why 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 are those guys moving all around all First the time? First of all, your alignments. Here's your you, you remember when I talk about closed and open sides? Yeah. You always set your anchor points. Because you know, anybody you only have eleven people, right? You, you hear everybody's talking all the time about Derrick Henry's running into an eight man front. Well, you've got eight people up there on the line of scrimmage at somehow or another. You got a middle of the field safety in the middle, two corners on the outside, and then the other eight guys are in some in those gaps. Now, whatever gaps they're in, you've got anchor points. All right, you're going to line up on shades. If you line up head up, let me just say this. If you line up head up with somebody, then what you are doing is you're giving that back. You're giving Derrick Henry. Let's use Derrick Henry. He's a pretty good back. Let's, let's, let's use Derrick Henry as an example. When you get ready to, to hand off to Derrick Henry, if you don't declare an anchor point and you're lined up head up on him, you're giving him a two-way go on you. Now, right. you're giving him a two-way go on you. Now, you may be really a man's man. I've coached. Hall of Fame defensive lineman, but it takes a man to stand another grown man up straight ahead and then be able to throw him one way or the other, depending on where that running back goes. That is coming at you from seven yards deep because that's a run formation with that kind of head of steam. And all you have to do, all they have to do is hold you a little bit because if you stick an arm out, an arm tackle is not going to tackle a Derrick Henry or an an Emmett Smith or any of the backs in this league when they get to there. It's all about anchor points, and it's about being able to set an edge. Anytime you play defense, you talk about setting an edge and building a wall. Set an edge on the outside, and you build a wall inside with anchor points. Are we getting too deep into this? It is not. And so I don't want to go much deeper. Because, <laughs> okay. yeah, but, but I will say – He just say, wants to go back to Madden. I was, I will, well, I mean, it, it is it, – it is, I mean, the, the switch that just flipped on you – when you saw that and you were able, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable, right? It's unbelievable to, to, to watch you. I mean, it was just, you know, and that's what I'm talking about as somebody that enjoys the game of football and, and, and likes, you know, playing however you want to sure, look at it, no. but, but it's, that's, that's the shit, right? That's the neat stuff right there when you, because 
I don't get it. Like, well, that's I how you are with music, though. That's right. And, no, no, and see, since, I would be, I, I would be lost. I'm lost in this world. All I know to do is talk. I can talk. And, 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 well, I mean, that's but, insane. It's but, like but, a, but but you understand that I've done this all my life. Yeah. All my life I've done this, and I've done this, you know, for 35 years at the highest level. So when Mike Ditka hired me, I didn't know it like this 35 years ago. But I, I started getting a doctorate in National Football League football because I when I was first hired, I remember I said we only had eight people on the staff. So I, I did the defensive quality control, which means you break down everything you're looking at. Pass sets, you break down protections, you break down everything. And I did I did the offense too. So I would go into offensive meetings with Dick Stanfield, who's in the Hall of Fame, an offensive line coach, Johnny Rowland, who's, you know, those are veteran NFL coaches for years. I mean, Johnny Rowland coached Walter Payton his whole career. And then I hired him and he coached Emmett Smith. So anyway, but I would go in and, and sit and talk with him and say, what's happening here? Can we do one more of these? Yeah, please. I just want to see your opinion on this. This, you, is the, this is the duck formation. This okay. is duck. All right. This came from the University of Oregon. All right. And so this is scatter. Now, you see what's happening right here. Now, what, what you have to do, and, and, and Chris, it's a great question that you ask. You ask me why you don't just line up head up. It's a numbers game. You've got to get enough numbers. Okay. Count the numbers of people that you have. All right. You've got them beat by numbers down here on the bottom. You're even at numbers in the middle, and they've got you by one up there at the top. I'm talking about defensively. You see this? This is called duck formation. And it came from Oregon. University of Oregon used to do this. So basically that quarterback's got to beat that. No, no, no. The quarterback's got to make a decision. Where do I have the numbers? Where are the numbers in my favor? Where did I say the numbers? Holy mother. Where did I say the numbers were in their favor? Up there, right? Yeah. So what he did, I mean, can you run it back without having pause and we come back for two days later? All right. <laughs> the, the thing that, that, that's happened here, now he's made a decision. I've got them by the numbers, so if I start here, somebody's got to come force me, and I've got one guy wide open. Holy Moses. Wow. So as a defensive coordinator for the Eagles, what are you, going, what are you telling your guys at Stay that Stay with your man. Keep your eye on your luggage. That's exactly what happened. Because you see, one of those guys, the, 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 the guy on the outside, defensively, he had that guy man-to-man. But as soon as that quarterback started running, he, he, he took the cheese. You see, it, his eyes left his man. He thought, I'll come make the play, because they had a free runner at the quarterback. But all, they were on the three-yard line. Yeah. And so, I mean, whether the ball crosses the yard line an inch or by 10 yards, which you have in the end zone, it's still the same points. Right. And so all he needed to do, you see, all he did was do it so like that. So it, it, when that happens, or does that player that went after the quarterback? Yeah, he's an idiot. I, I violation. I, I violation, and he gets a minus. Right. So is 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 that because he wasn't thinking? No, or it's because he, he's thinking, he was thinking he's too much. He, he was thinking the guy. Here's the thing. He's going to be here's the, the thing. I'm that guy. You're the guy that is doing what you're supposed to do. I think with that, if that's coming, it's coming right now. I can go make that play. I can help him make that play. And you 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 see where you see where the the, the guy that caught the pass sugar block sugar block means I'm going to put my hands on you for a minute, you know, like like I'm yeah, yeah. Con- and then I'm going to go. Yeah. He, he sugar blocked him. Okay, so he, as soon as he got touched, he figured they're blocking me. He took off. Eye violation minus on the sheet touchdown. Minus on the sheet. So these guys are getting graded the whole game. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Let me, can I bring up a better example? Not a better example. Another well, sure. example of, yeah. of how everything's blocked up front. Andy, will you pull um, 
the the overtime touchdown run for Derrick Henry in Baltimore. Okay. Last year. Um, I love this guy here. Yeah, Anders. He's great. One um, of the best bass players in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, well, thank you. So, we all we always watch the ball or I do, right? I'm a, I'm a football fan who watches the football. And that's so, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry overtime touchdown run. Yeah. Um and, you know, Matt can turn around after a touchdown and be like, "Hey, O-line." You know, and he'll set he'll set up Ben Jones or Roger Saffold or whoever. It was a it was Mac, you will call the run before we even pull it up, but it's practically perfectly blocked. Oh, it's this, absolutely perfect. It's blocked. perfectly blocked. And Nate Davis was excellent on this play. This is a Baltimore game. Uh, yeah. Okay. Baltimore overtime. Um, and and just just the way they set it up, it had it, it was just so well done and executed up front. Take a look at it. Middle game, of, fi- game mid- over. Middle of the field closed. First and ten. Okay. This is an outside zone. Outside zone run. You can watch these people overrun this. I wish we had the end zone of it. All right, yeah. but the first, when you run the outside zone, what you're trying to do is stretch. Remember those anchor points you and I just talked about? Yeah. You're trying to stretch those anchor points to the point that you've got a cutback lane. And I bring this up only because Mac was mentioning the numbers game. Yeah, it's a numbers. And, and Watch the, numbers the numbers game up front, and and how many different levels the offensive line get it gets to on this run. And the, big, the biggest block you see, you see the backside, you see the backside cutoff that he's cutting off of. That takes place seven yards down the field. That's a backside cutoff seven yards down the field. That's professional football. Okay, Andy, go back to the beginning, please. I'm sorry. Go back. Go back to the. Be- <laughs> Andy, okay. you didn't know we were going to be doing. <laughs> no, I, no, Andy, this is yeah, this is okay. So play the play the play the play, please. It's playing. It's have you got? Have you got? Have you got? You got? You got? Have you got a pointer in here? <laughs> you got. You, so tw- twenty-four is a safety, or he's a cornerback. He's a safety. He's okay. a safety. Now, why? Why when he? When that ball, when he saw the running back take the ball and go on that side of the field, why would he keep going? Was he not supposed to go the other way? No, he, thinks, he, have turned he, around? he thinks it's an outside zone going that way. Derrick Henry, look at watch Derrick Henry's shoulders. Take it back all the way. I mean, they, they watch they, Derrick Henry's shoulders. Watch the backside cutoff. Watch this receiver down here at the bottom. Watch Derrick Henry's shoulders, and 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 watch the safety track Derrick Henry's goes. shoulder. There he's he he's running the stem of his shoulder. See his shoulders? He's Where are his shoulders pointing? All the way to the sideline, right? Yeah. Okay, so now he's coming. He's in the middle of the field, but watch the backside cutoff by this receiver. Watch the receiver. Watch the receiver. Watch the receiver. Game over. Oh my, yeah. It was just, it was just so well done, and you know it's the walk off by Derrick Henry, and it's a great call, by the way, for those who had uh, everyone was listening. Don't get me wrong, but uh, it, it's an amazing play by play call by Mac and 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 Mike. But you know what, the, the devils in the details and the numbers game up, all, for, up front of the offensive line was perfect, and it's all about numbers and angles. When did you feel from nineteen eighty six? From really the two main things in the in the top of your mind, top of mind, I understand there's been tons of changes in the NFL, but from 1986 until today, what what do you feel is the two main things that's changed the game, as far as when you started coaching in the NFL and, and what's going on right now? The restrictions on the defense as to what you can do now as far as hits, and what you can do to the quarterback. That's huge, because you know when I first started coaching defense, I mean it was a it was a Take no prisoners game, and it was it, it was in there. And okay, that that's number one. And the safety element of it, which I agree with yeah. wholeheartedly, because it was okay. But that 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 is that is number one to me. And then the multitude 
the multitude of personnel groups that offenses are using. Used to be when you got 11 personnel, and we can get into all this, but that's three wides, one tight, one back. That was third down only. Now, the remember when I was talking about I said that's 12 personnel, which is which is two tights, two wides, right, one right. back. You can see you can see that from first down through third down now. So the matchups that you have to make defensively to match up personnel has expanded exponentially. But it's the same eleven guys. Over the, no, it's not. It's not. It, it's okay, different. What, why? It's di- well, it's different people. Because if you're playing, if if I, if you're a defensive coordinator, and I'm lining up in twelve personnel, but one of my tight ends is really a converted receiver, am am, am I going to cover you with a linebacker? You know, an extended downfield, uh, or am wow. I going to put another DB in the game now? Is this is this tight end good enough to be able to block well enough that if I get a smaller personnel grouping on defense, that now I can get that outside zone running over there with that block? It's personnel matchups. Wow, it's all personnel matchups is what it is, and 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 it, it, I know we're getting ready to end this, but I'm going to help you out because here's what I want you to do. No, no, we got we're we got, we're good. Anytime, anytime, I haven't met the dog yet. Anytime, <laughs> really bothers me. <laughs> anytime, anytime you're watching a game now on television, I'm going to teach you. You got pen and paper there. I do. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to teach you something. Okay. And our listeners, if yeah. anybody's listening. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to teach you. It's all by personnel groups on offense that you match up on defense. There are f- how many, there are five, write this number down. I'm coaching now. That's fine. There are five eligible receivers on every offensive snap in the National Football League. There are six if the quarterback's in shotgun. If he's under center, he's not an eligible receiver. If he's in shotgun, he's eligible. Who's an eligible? The quarterback. The is. quarterback. Ah, good. But now, good so there's know. five. Yeah. Okay. So there's five. So anytime I'm a defensive coach and my spotter's in the in the in the press box, I need to know. Like this, before I make my defensive substitutions, what personnel is in the game? Okay? So the system is this, so that you can – and you can see how fast it goes. You can communicate immediately, okay? So right, right down on your sheet, right down running backs, just RB. Right next to it, go TE. Right next to that, go WR. That's how that's how you call your personnel groups. That's running back, tight end, receiver. So, once I give you a personnel group, I am giving you the number of running backs in the game, the number of tight ends, and I won't say receivers because everything has to add to five. And I see with all this equipment in here, this nice house you have, you can add to five. And so here's here's what I'm gonna, I'm going to give you. Write down twenty one personnel. Twenty one. Two okay, what? Right. Two running backs. Okay. Right. One tight end. How many receivers have I got? Three. No. Two. Well, it depends on the quarterback. No. No. Two. Take the quarterback out. Adds to five. Two and one is three. And how many? So how many receivers have I got in the game? Two. So I'm saying twenty-one person. Chris, twenty-one's in the game. So now I know I can match. He knows he's against two running backs and one tight end. So oh. I know I can match my defensive personnel. That okay? Now say now say twelve. Just write down twelve. Right. What have I got now in the game? Well, one minus two then? No. Just write down twelve. I've got one what? One running back. Two tight ends. And how many receivers have I got? Three. How many receivers have I got? Seven. (laughs) (laughs) Two. Exactly. Yes. 
So I got 12 personnel, so I know I still – that's what I said. I got one running back, two tight ends, two wide receivers. If you, I, had that, you had that with 21. That's, you can have the same. If I got 11 in the game, what have I got? Three wide receivers. And how many running backs? One. And how many tight ends? One. There you go. Now you're getting it. How about, how about hey, if, I th- it looks like they all have to add up to five. Well, they do. It's just what I said. What, what, what if they have 22 in the game? What have I got? Well, then you're fucked. No. You got one wide receiver. They, they got two, okay, and how many tight ends? Two and two. And two running backs. So I'm going to match my defensive personnel to that. That's how that works. So wow. when you are watching a game – because the numbers are consistent in the National Football League. Now they're not since they let single numbers come in this year. What does that mean? But you can, well, they, they used to be grouped. You know, 80s had to be tight ends or receivers, you know. Oh. So, so they're all grouped. So, in other words, you can, look at a, you can look at a game, any game you're watching on television, you can look, and if you're sitting with somebody that you care about impressing, that you know ball, you know, you can say, well, they're in 11 personnel, so they got to be a nickel on defense. Or they're in twenty one, so I know they got base personnel. Because you want the extra defensive back for the receiver, or you know, you want to go heavy if they're tied in heavy. Holy shit! You just changed my whole Madden game. Okay, well I'm just telling because you. I never understood dime nickel. Well, that, that's that, that's what it is. No kidding. Oh, no, so no, if you if you hey, have if okay, do I do I sound like the type of dude that would kid you in your own studio? No, you do not. <laughs> so you hasn't lied yet. So you got 21, 22, 21, 22, 11. And 12. What's 23? Oh, shit. Well, just put 23 down there. <laughs> Let's just say I know just what it is. Just put 23 down there. Uh, well, then you got five people. That's no, you got 23. Okay, so how many receivers you got in 23? None. How many, how many corners you need if you got no receivers in the game? None. Perfect. Now you're matching up. So that's when you see the eye formation or something no, of that, that nature. No, 23 is mainly goal line when they all bunch up, big people. Okay. Something big like, on big. Something so, like this kind of? Let me see. No, that's, no, that's that, not a bunch. No, no, no. That, no, no that, stop. Stop it right there. This is a bunch. That's a nine-ball stack at the top on offense. You ever play nine-ball? You ever oh, play nine-ball? You see, Like you, pool? Yeah, how you rack yeah. it. Well, that's a nine-ball stack. See at the top? You got the point guy and the two out there. So I'm, I'm looking up these things that are, you know, they're calling them trick plays, but is there really such a thing as a trick play? Yes. I mean. This is 11 personnel. This is 11 personnel. This is, this is, this is pistol. This is gun pistol, and you've got a number split. And let it run. But this is this is this is uh, eleven personnel. Okay, stop for a second, Andy. Eleven personnel because uh, you got one 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 tight end. You see the tight one... end. You see the tight end on, on top of the nine ball stack. See him at the point. The point. And you know he's a tight end because of his number, correct? Yes. Okay. So that, that that's a nine ball stack. That's a tight nine ball stack. He's on the point. So that, that's a wide out, wide out uh, of the two opposite sides of the stack, and then it's a wide out down here. That's 11 personnel. Okay. So, so yeah. could you tell what – they're calling this a trick play, but are you able well, to tell what's it. going to happen? Well, it doesn't look like a quarterback is in. Or no. is it? Mayfield's going – Oh, on there the is second. Mayfield, yeah. Yeah. So the direct snap, yeah. The direct snap, and then oh, here there we go. Is. Well, con- what, con- you have Landry throw – Landry throws a ton of passes. Yeah. And congratulations. But yeah. is that a, that's a trick play. Sure it is. Yeah. So, uh, can, okay. But see, let me, let me just say this. If you're a defensive coach and you're looking at this, the first thing you're going to alert for, because here's what you know going in when you, you know, you spend hours breaking this stuff down. Mm -hmm. And you know that Landry, the first thing you know about Landry is he's left handed. Right. So So that's where it's going to go. If he's going to come in motion, it's going to be thrown over here. 
He's going to throw, go to his throwing hand. You're not going to make a receiver throw away from his throwing hand on any type of trick play. You see the numbers down here. Now, Coach, it's up to the players once that ball snapped at that point to make these decisions. Well, well just watch it. I, I, want, I want you to tell me why they score a touchdown. Let it go. Because he did not stay with his man. Well, exactly. See this See this guy coming up right here? Right here, here 23? Yes. That's his dude. He didn't stay on Baker. Well, yeah, exactly. How do you discipline? <laughs> how do you discipline these 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 guys? Well, if they if you've got if you've got repeat offenders, then you get somebody else. That's oh, that was the Jets, right? Yeah. yeah. This is perfect, what would Greg Williams say? Yeah, yeah, this is this is he's cut <laughs> cut tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> this is professional football, right? So what I'm saying is, you know what they told me when I first got into the league as a young coach? Every day is an interview. Oh, God, I couldn't live like that. And you tell your players the same thing. Yeah. So, so again, I'm going to say, what is it? Go what, ahead. What is a head coach? L- let's say you've, you, you, you have a guy that's good, but he keeps making these types of mistakes, but he's good. He, he makes up for stuff. Is that, is that a thing in the NFL? Let me just say this. That I've seen more players in my 35 years that have had to exit the league, not because of physical ability, because they couldn't play consistently mentally because you said it when we first started this most everybody that gets to a training camp has got the physical ability to play this game is a mental game too and and, and it's decisions like this mental or are you saying that that they weren't able to play because they couldn't they 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 would they they would refuse to not play it the way that, that needed to be played or because they just couldn't get the plays can't process it under pressure yeah and is it a difference between just doing your job and being a, trying to be a hero? Well, it's not trying to be a hero. The thing about it is, is it ha- again, as I said, let's go back to the speed of it. It happens so fast, and you are so fast, sometimes you think you can get there before something bad happens. I got you. And so it, it, let's say he comes off the field, that guy there. Okay. Who's talking to him? Well, I mean, depends on that, – that, that was a defensive back, so the secondary coach will first go – you know, you we went over this about six times. So. <laughs> There's and, not much you can do in no, the game. No, no, no. So, so, you know, you tell me what You only happened. have a certain amount of players no, active. Got, yeah. So. yeah, you got a certain amount of players active, and then you just got – here's the other, the other thing you got to be able to do as a coach and as a player during a game. Guess what ha- Guess what the, the last play means? Nothing. You got to move to the next one. Yeah. You can't carry it. And, and, and especially – Like life, really. Like yeah. life. Yeah. Can't carry it with you. Go to the next play. Yeah. You just don't want repeat offenders. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to get beat. You're going to get beat physically, and you're going to get beat. You're going to get beat sometimes mentally, but just don't be a repeat offender. Does a coach have? I mean, these are these are grown men, obviously making a lot of money, and in a lot of cases, more than the coach is making sometimes. Right? How, how, what does a coach have in his in his disposal to to get somebody to get get their shit together, or you know what I mean? Like, well, I either play you or I don't. And, that, and that's because the guy needs to play because bonus. I mean, right? Does well, that scare you, a guy? It sure does. Okay. I mean, every, look, you talk about you talk to professional athletes. They're professional athletes because they're good at what they do at playing. But it, it encompasses more than just being a physical player. There best, is so much more that goes in it. Best second string in the NFL right now. What team has that? No, no nobody has much depth at all anymore because of the salary cap. See, when I first got into the league, there was no free agency and there was no salary cap. So that great Bears defense, 
of 85. We were able to keep it together at 86 and put up better numbers than the 85 team. But they stayed together. They're the same group. You, you didn't have free agency, and you had no salary cap. So you could keep those groups together. Now, when you're a free agent after your fourth year, all right, and you've got a cap that you've got to reach and you've got to, you've got to pay up to in three years 90% of your cap, I mean, now money figures into it, all right, and you can't keep those teams together anymore. Because experience, look, when I first started coaching, I had four linebackers that had been in the league for six years that were top of the world special teams players. And they were, they were, Ron Rivera was my backup line. He could have started anywhere in the league, but he backed up Mike Singletary. He backed up Wilbur Marshall. He backed up Otis Wilson. I had Jim Morrissey. I had Al Harris. All of these guys would have started anywhere else in the league. So is that why you think not, not so much the players, I'm sure it's both, but the players health as it is these, these regulations is because nobody has a, a, a depth. You, you can't. Nobody has depth. So you have to protect these these main guys. Well, sure you do. And, and, and it's changed It's changed the whole mindset of what you do in training camp. It's changed the whole mindset of load management. Now, just like today at practice, I'm standing there and the strength coach comes over and asks for the, you know, how soon are you going to have the catapult loaded into my, into my uh, computer so that I can see the loads that they're running with. You got a little chip in the back of your jersey. That tracks how fast you run, how much load you put Holy on, how much oxygen mother you use. Of oats. Jeez. Oh, yeah. so, it's on there immediately. So, how bad does it make you feel? How sick <laughs> do you get? Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna two questions here. Preseason, yes or no? Preseason, what? Should it be abolished? No, I love the preseason. You Should gotta, it be he, down to two games? Well, it, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a combination of twenty. We used to have 16 and 4. That's 20. You were really good with the 5 math. We're going to have... We're, we're, gonna, <laughs> we're at 17 regular season. tough, Andy. It's tough. Usually I'm the one doling out the shit, and today yeah. I feel like I'm getting shit on. Okay? Yeah. I feel like I'm getting shit on. You, you, you're going to have... You're going to have... You're gonna, so, I mean, it's going to be a combination of 20. You used to have 16 and 4. Now we got 17 and 3. If you have 2, you're going to have 18 regular season games. Gotcha. And you feel better about... I, I feel two preseason games makes more sense. I think we talked about this last time. Yeah, yeah, I do too. I mean, because, okay, and so that goes into this other question. How sick do you get as a coach when you work with these guys and your starter, you're losing it, the It's the worst feeling in the world. world. Right. I mean, an injury, and I've been, and again, as I said, what, I've been in it, what now? What's 35? 37 years. Yeah, so 35 times 20 is. Divided by nine. Is, but divided by 9.7 <laughs> for Celsius. <laughs> 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 so I've been in a lot of games with a lot of play- injuries make you sick to your stomach yeah. as a coach sick to your you're sick for two reasons you know you've lost a great player but you also are sick for the player because that's their livelihood yep I mean so injuries are the most sickening part the, the, the two hardest parts of coaching for me and I think any coach in the league will tell you this are two things injuries to your players and having to cut a player those are the worst two things ever. Interesting. So you were with Jeff Fisher. They used him on the the HBO special that they do, right? We were on Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks. So you were, were you with him sure. during that? Um, and so a lot of that was true to, to – to, a lot of that was true then when the, when the coach would have to go talk every to him. Every bit of it is. Yeah. No, every bit. I mean, I was up there with – that was when we were with the Rams. I mean, that we're uh, – Yeah. And, and they that crew stayed with us. That HBO crew stayed with us the whole year because we did all or nothing with them too. So they stayed with us the whole year. So going into this season, 
you know, you're you're obviously a Titans guy, and you have to do, you know you have to know everybody on that team and so forth. How how much do you look at other teams as as so if the Titans are constantly right so constantly. I've already looked. I've already watched their first three opponents, their last three games of last year. So where where do you feel the competition this is this year is, is every? Let me tell you something about the National Football League. And and, and I and first of all, I, I I don't do mock drafts. I hate that because yeah. it's fake and there's nothing fake about the league. I I don't do list during the the year. You know they they, they I got a call for Mac list us. You know we're right. trying to do list. I said give me a break list. All right, and and then you know, make no predictions because every year, every game, it's so hard to win on Sunday. It's unbelievable. Just now, take it back to what I said about no depth, and a lot of it depends. And, and really, Chris, a lot of it depends on not who you're playing, but who they have playing and who you have playing when you play them. I mean, that's that's that, that's huge. Now, if you just want to talk in generalities, you know, and what the what the Titans do, the Titans have got really a a difference-making offense still they've got that they've got that they what they and they won 11 games last year with a defense that was not good and really was not good on third down you know it wasn't good on third down which is a major part of what you're talking about because as a as a defensive coach you you have to get them out on third down because then you get the ball back to your offense yeah if you don't, they extend on you. And the longer that I have as an offensive coach to look at your defense as to how you're deploying your people against my people, all those matchups we talked about, the better chance I have to layer my offense on you in this game. And so they weren't good at that, so they got to be better at that, okay? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and they made changes to get, to get better at that. But until they get out there and do it in stressful situations, I can't tell you. I don't know. They got a chance. We're, we're going to... They're going to be really good, uh, right? And and so we're gonna we're gonna come back. Uh, I'm gonna do one more little break here. We're gonna come back and talk about. I want we're gonna do a round the horn with uh, who who everybody thinks is the team this year. Number one, uh, n- list. Num- num- we're gonna listen things. <laughs> list, number, yeah. number number two. Do a mock draft real quick. I no. need you to. <laughs> I need you to get the mock draft lined yeah, up. You got yeah. ten minutes here. That's just so wrong. I'm just teasing. I'm teasing. It's just a big joke. No, no. And I I like that. I like that part because I knew you were teasing, but I was getting ready to go find another dog in the neighborhood and bring it in. Play doesn't do podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're going to talk about this COVID thing. And and then we're also going to talk about, uh, we're going to talk about your organization. Um, Where's my, where's my notes? I got to get my notes. I want to do one more play analyze thing. One more play. That's fine. And then we're going to talk about the uh, Mac hut dinners. Okay. Also, I want to set that up as well. And, uh, and thanks for this, by the way, Eddie George signed this and I appreciate you bringing that. You got it, man. You uh, wanted me to give it away, but, uh, I'm nope, not going to do I, that. Hey man, I, 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 I left it up to Weaver. Everyone watching how valid is the validity. Um, this guy how is valid his, is the, validity. he is valid enough to keep the uh, autograph instead of giving it away to uh, one of don't the uh, viewers tonight. Don't care. It's don't, fine. Just don't care. He kept Eddie George. Great honesty though. We'll be right back. Sponsors of how valid is the validity. Audison amplifiers. Feel it. Hertz Marine and Car Audio. Hear what you've been missing. Verdoliac Law Group. Let us help you. Aurora Nutriscience. True liposomal supplements. Guidance Whiskey. Look for guidance. Sony Mobile. Next level car stereos. Titan Motoring. Customize whatever you drive. Whiskey Culture. Learn more about the drink you love. Chris Weaver Band, live and streaming entertainment. 
How valid is the validity? Every Wednesday night, 7 Central, 8 Eastern, on Facebook and YouTube Live, or download wherever you podcast. And I say King. Stai ascoltando. Anata WA Kiraimasu. Estás escuchando. Você está ouvindo. No matter how you say it, you are listening to. How valid is the validity? Oh, that's so good. Hey, listen, I don't know if this is going to work or not. This is just unbelievable. Is this going to work? Oh, it's no. I'm going to have to come back to it because I got the music off. But I got the. The, the I was the other day I was thinking about you know somebody was getting fired some kid was getting fired from a news job yeah and so there had been a plane crash in Asia right and so this kid puts the names on <laughs> you know what I'm talking no no about? no that, that's oh, yeah. that, that, that's one of the best ever uh, it's it's I ding don't know. ding Al yeah <laughs> we yeah, too low we too low holy <laughs> fuck can you get hey, listen I'm gonna run that get, can you just get to it because apparently I messed up the beginning with the. Uh, this was when they were landing in. Uh, oh, you don't have any audio. They were landing in San Francisco, I think. That's yeah. right. That's right. And so, I mean, this woman just there's numerous ones of people reading off teleprompters where they just don't. They're not. They're a well, robot. They, first of all, they thought they had a scoop. Right. They that's right. They had a scoop. That's and, right. then, and then you've got some intern that they're probably getting ready to fire that said, "Okay, <laughs> take right, some hey, of this on my way out." Can you get it to? Yeah. There. Thank you. Thank you. It, I may. I, I work hard on these things. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Clip of the week. Clip of the week. Not the month. <laughs> See, this is an actual newscast from a San Francisco TV station reporting the names of the flight crew okay. in an Asian. We have new information now also on the plane crash. KTVU has just learned the Where's names of the four pilots who were on board the flight. They are Captain Sum Ting Wong, <laughs> Wee Too Low, Ho Lee Fook, and Bang Ding Ow. The NTSB has confirmed <laughs> the names of the pilots on board I mean, flight 214. When it crashed, we Wee Too Low exactly was pretty damn good. And this is in San Francisco. Yeah. On Saturday. Holy shit. <laughs> That's what, one what, of my favorite what, ones. What is amazing is is these were professional broadcasters that really think they're good. Yep. And as you said, there's some intern they probably fired that said, okay, here's my parting shot. That's, that's, no, that's here's not, your, here's that your, is what happened. Yeah, yeah, here's your scoop. That is what happened. I mean, and, and here's what how, how it went down. You have You have the anchor on the desk live. In the IFB, she's told... We got a scoop. Hey, we're going to go to camera two, live read breaking news. Do it. Boom. Right out of the weather. Boom. And then it's on the screen and she starts reading. That's unbelievable. It's I, unbelievable. I don't know how she doesn't stop herself. Oh, and, I mean, at something... Uh, ca- Captain something <laughs> I mean, at, at Wog. Ho- yeah, at, at, at Holy Fook, you just stop right there and walk <laughs> off set, right? Holy God. Okay, you say so, Baba Booey I'm and sorry. leave. <laughs> Oh, I love that. All right, so listen, I'm, I'm sorry. I wanted to break it up a little bit. I felt like Coach was was getting upset at me. You, you, you tell I'm pretty. You tell you tell I'm pretty hot pissed. I mean, I'm basically holding your whole career in my hands right here. <laughs> yeah, sir. there you go. Um, I if I ever see 21, 22, and 23 again, I'm gonna <laughs> kill somebody. So I did that one time. We we're having a we we're having a sales meeting. You remember this? Yeah, we're having a sales meeting. Uh, uh, up in the suites. And up in the stadium. Up in the stadium. Right. And, you know, they wanted me to talk because they like me to talk to people because. He's very motivated. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm pretty shy. So, anyway, <laughs> I start talking and then, you know, they start asking questions, you know, and, and said, you know, we really would like to know a little more. I said, you really want to know a little bit about football? Come here. 
And I tell you, I'm one of the sales ladies. And I started that with her. And to this day, if I see her in the parking lot, she goes the other way. <laughs> well, no part of this. And three hours later, Not the sales meeting was anymore. over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's my ass. <laughs> so so uh, let, let's we got we got we got some time here. So I want to I want to. My dad says, uh, "Great show, maybe better than last week." Andy. Yeah, well, my dad was on last he week. He was on it. Tell him, no, I'm not better than your dad. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. You are. I wish you were my dad. <laughs> <laughs> you may not want that. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so so what we were talking about, what were we talking about when we before we left? Anyway, oh, I, we were going to do the COVID thing. That's right. So I would like to talk a little bit about uh, the COVID restrictions and, and how you're seeing that. Obviously, the, the NFL is pushing like like other organizations and businesses and things of that nature to get everybody vaccinated. The main thing being that vaccinated people don't die, right? That's a big deal. But it's a pretty amazing the the difference. Uh, this it's kind of scary to me. Maybe it's maybe you know I know you said they won't need to play the games, but they're telling you you don't have to get vaccinated. But they're pretty much just making it so so hard and undesirable not. Well, the the one group they can't tell to do it is the players. They're telling everyone else you have to. I mean, I I I I I, I got to vaccinate. And the reason is this: they want to keep everybody safe. But at the same time, you can't you can't. I mean, it's a personal decision, all across America. But if, if you're gonna have if you're gonna have a group together, and and each team is just one of thirty two, but yeah. everybody is together. I mean, you're you're all together. They have now. to be all there. They have to be there, and so they're not saying you have to get vaccinated. But if you're not, then the same protocols you're going to follow as to what we followed last year before we even had a vaccine, as to where you're going to be tested every day. You're going to have to wear a mask in the building. You got to be separated. You got to do all your meetings by Zoom. You can't be face to face. You've got to get your meal and leave quarantine like we all did i mean yeah. we did as titans radio we were one of we were yeah look at this i mean the covid restrictions are and and, and that's the reason for it i mean that really is and this it, is a huge competitive advantage it absolutely is. massive competitive advantage if you if you're in one column versus the other because you have your players together um and you can you can meet and break down film you know there's no restrictions here. And plus, you don't want to have happen like what happened to the Titans last year when they went 16 games without being – I mean, 16 days without mm-hmm. being together, were able to have two walkthroughs and then had to play Buffalo on a Tuesday night. The biggest thing, though, unvaccinated players that are, are, are on, a, on a team that could cause an outbreak like we saw here or you know other places across the league last year, they, they could cause a forfeit, and they, that forfeit – would also entail no pay. That's that's the oh, biggest wow. factor. Yeah. Well, in, not, in the restrictions only, for the for the only, players. Not only that, HUD. <laughs> and, and and it won't come to this because right, you, you won't right. you won't. But I mean, if because if you don't play the game and the game's not televised, then nobody's getting paid. So what happens? What what one of the restrictions is if you have an unvaccinated player on your active roster that causes the outbreak. And causes because they're not they they don't they they've got a 17th regular season game now they don't have any place else to push these games like they did last year right that's right and so now what you have to do is it's going to be a forfeit so it's a loss for you it's a win for the other team but the but the team that 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 had the outbreak occur with their team not only do they not get paid the other team doesn't get paid either and the team that caused the outbreak pays all the incre- incremental cost it took. To start, 
So anyway. Yeah. So th- th- now let's say everybody's vaccinated. Obviously, we know now that it doesn't stop you from getting the coronavirus. And that's what they're going to, that's what they're going to, now you're, and again, I'm not a doctor. You can tell. I mean, I, I dropped out of medical school after a semester because it was too easy. I wanted something else to do <laughs> while I was playing collegiate football. You wanted to cut your lifespan. Well, so I, head coaching I, yeah, is yeah, the so, key. So head coaching was a good idea. But you've got all the variants. You just told me there's another variant now that, that's reared its head in, in Houston. That's right. Houston has its first case. It's called, they're calling it the Lambda because uh, they ran out of airlines. Variant of a coronavirus, but public health experts say it remains too soon to tell whether the variant will rise to the same level of concern as Delta. The Delta. See, and so to me, this is constantly, it's a changing landscape, and we know this. But what they have shown, and again, I'm just knowing what I read, I don't know this for sure, is that at least if you're vaccinated and you are exposed, that your your, your chances of being asymptomatic or of not having a deadly reaction Correct. are immensely better. And that's... The whole thing is about keeping everybody safe. Right. And the number of deaths have dropped, you know, from vaccinated is, is hardly Well, what anything. do they say here in Nashville, that 90% of the people that are in the hospitals now are unvaccinated people? Yeah, but it's 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 an interesting yeah. thing to me because what do you, you know, I, I don't, I, I really am a little bit concerned on the fact that how do you fact check that? Who's going to know? How do you know that this is this and the vaccine is this and that you're just not getting these plethora of numbers? Well, so... I think it's fine to ask all the questions. Yeah, but the the NFL is taking those questions out of it and just saying you got to do this. Well, so you you asked if every player is vaccinated, if that's tr- based on the protocols right now, and I, I I'll be upset if they go back on these protocols after telling the players this, but the players should be, but they they could test out of COVID protocol if they're vaccinated with two negative tests within twenty four hours. What does that mean? How many- if you're unvaccinated, you're in quarantine for 10 days, which is so you would miss a game plus the game preparation week the next week before you could even return to the practice field. So it's effectively two weeks. Um, and if you're if you're vaccinated and you test positive, um, and they're not they're not tested as much, I don't believe, Matt. Once but a if week. You, if you test positive, you can receive two negative tests. The and test, go right back the, at it. The test would have to occur within 24 hours of each other. And then you're right back on the practice field. There's no 10 day quarantine. So it would speed up your process from that regard as well. Like, so it's, it's even if everyone's vaccinated, the, 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 the process is extremely simple for the teams that have reached is that, that threshold. Is that possible to coach a team with some vaccinated, some non-vaccinated? Sure it is. It absolutely is, but it's harder. It's harder because, and just say, say, say you're my quarterback and you're not vaccinated. Well, you can't meet with the other quarterbacks. You've got to be on a Zoom while we're meeting, okay? And uh, I mean, so yes, I mean, they're they're, they're it, it's much harder. You know, I mean, you're, you're screwed if you're a back end player. You mentioned the depth. If you're battling for a roster spot, you better go get the shot yeah. if you want to make the roster. If you're Tom Brady, does this? Can you be Tom Brady? Can do anything he wants to. Yeah, right, right. But you still, it's still about you know being able to because. Yeah, you don't have you don't you don't have an limit an unlimited if, number of players. If you're Tom Brady, you're getting it because he's so competitive that he understands the competitive advantage. Gotcha. So, overall, then coronavirus, as far as you guys are concerned, and and as far as the NFL is concerned, vaccinate, just get it over with, get it done. Every, this is okay to to have these kind of situ these kind of rules. Well, I had to, I had to, or, uh, and I wanted to anyway. Yeah, but I I, I I wouldn't be able to do my job if I hadn't. Yeah, same here. 
you can't be in the press box. That's right. So, I mean, it's just a, to me, this is the the issue of, it's a business Mm -hmm. telling their people that you got to do this or you need to do something else. That's America, right? I mean, that's the whole thing. If you you don't have to get vaccinated, but you also don't have to play here. Well, we've seen coaches that chose not to. And so they're not coaching on a day-to-day basis. No kidding. Yeah. I mean, again, they were given that choice. Yeah. Um, you, you, you can hate it, but that's the protocol because again, they're Max right. It's a billion dollar business, billions dollar business. And a lot of it comes down to the TV contracts. They're going to play those games. And you're trying to keep everybody safe because you're so close together all the time. I get it. I, and, and I just, I, I wanted to get your opinion, but it's kind of, you know, the, just hearing you guys talk about it, it's kind of cut and dry, really. No, I mean, no, I, it is. You know, the, I don't understand some of the, and we, and we can move on, but I mean, I, I don't understand some of the headlines here that, you know, that it's making this, is it just, I mean, it's 24 hour sports news cycle, I guess. Right. I mean, cause this just makes this most sense as far as it goes. All right. Well then that, that was just as, that was un, unexciting. As a, well, I mean, it, it just, it's the competitive advantage is there to do it. I get it. I, I totally get it. And I, I, if I was an NFL player, I would definitely, I'd probably take two, two vaccinations. I'd take the Johnson and Johnson and the Pfizer. <laughs> Well, they, hey, but Chris, if they start canceling games for vaccinated players that can't play, like, and they they can't build a roster, yeah. then the NFL screwed. They're not going to play. Like, <laughs> they're they're in a they're in a tough spot Bond. at that situation. No, you're right. So, okay, so coronavirus, it is what it is. I mean, they're going to it's going to turn into the flu. We're going to have to get a shot every year, just like that. I mean, it's 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 what's coming, right? That being said, um, we were talking about one of the things I wanted to ask you guys is what team without going into anything specific, but I mean, what team, minus the Titans, what team is the team to watch this year, in your guys' opinion? Uh, quantify that with me as far as to what to watch means. You're talking about a team that might rise to a better level than they were last year, or a team that is already there that can maintain it? Yeah, I'd say that. Because there's different levels. You you're know, right, what, you're right. That is a bad question. What well, is it's it? not a bad question. I just, you know... For a little bit, because I'm not smart. I need a little bit more <laughs> no, you're direction. Right. You're right. I see what you're saying. No, you are. I what, am what right. I'm it, not smart. What is a team to watch? Glad you agree with a me. A team to watch in the sense of who might surprise us. I think, well, I don't think a surprise is this. Okay. But I think that for all the hype, I mean, uh, two years ago, was it, Hut, that we went to Cleveland mm-hmm. and they were already the world champions and the Titans just smoked them. But. Now I think they've got it scored away at Cleveland, and Cleveland has kind of been a—it's kind of been the back end of everything because of their their inconsistencies, the issues with the front office, their issues with the co. I mean, they had a you know coach that only won one game in three, all that stuff. But I think they actually now have a legitimate chance of contending at the top of the AFC North, nice. in my opinion. That's bad for my Steelers, but. So I, got, I have a couple examples. I don't know if I, and Mac and I have not talked about this. We haven't we haven't talked much on the radio yeah. lately. Um, I'm in uh, here. I'm intrigued by the Arizona Cardinals because King, Kingsbury's in year three. He's been paired with Kyler Murray, and they're bringing back practically everybody. So that they, they should be a, a gel, right? That this should be the year that they really take a step. Now they're in a very tough division. They've got a tough schedule. Everyone does. I'm intrigued by how they get off to to their start. Um, two teams that look the Green Bay Packers. They were in the NFC Championship game a year ago. The narrative since that loss has been that the Packers have not done enough for Aaron Rodgers. They had the top offense in the NFL. They were unbelievable. They scored on 57 percent of their possessions. Jesus. 
they're back. And Aaron Rodgers is back. So I, I, I think the narrative has been that team sucks. Aaron Rodgers wants out. That team does not suck. Uh, the, did, did Aaron Rodgers want out? Yes. He did want yes, to go. Yes, and I, I think he eventually is going to. I think this is his last year, personally. Yeah. But they're good. They're they're really good, and they have a really good defense that can get after the quarterback. So that's Green Bay, and maybe they're not under the radar, but the narrative has been, oh, Green Bay doesn't do enough for Aaron Rodgers. So, again, he's yeah. back. Uh, beyond that, Mac, I, I agree with you on Cleveland, and you said not the Titans. I'm saying the Titans. No, 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 no. one's I, talking I, about the I, Titans. I'm saying that with – Excluding the Titans because you guys know so much about them, I, I, but you know I, I would put the Titans as an under the radar team. Oh, that under people, the radar team. They still they're they're still overlooked in the national narrative. People still don't buy them, and they are they are much better than what people perceive them to be because their defense is going to improve. Their defense has to improve, and if their defense is just average, they're going deep in the playoffs. Does anything have to do with the fact of the powder blue outfit? Nobody <laughs> will take him serious. I'm, I, I got I'm a little bit. I'm, I'm kind of being a little bit serious about this. That the powder blue outfits, when you think of, let me let me zero. just say this. Here's this, and 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 I respect this because I'm in your house. Yeah. The old San Diego Chargers had the most beautiful powder blue uniforms oh, in the history yeah. of the mm. league. And when Dan Fouts and those dudes were playing. You couldn't touch them. So, no. <laughs> well, I just had to ask. Mac, how do you feel about the Chargers this year? I kind of like the yeah, Chargers, me, me too. Chargers. Who's, who's, who's their quarterback? I kind of like Herbert. Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. Oh, okay, cool. I kind of like. He's legit. I kind of like their, I kinda like their chances. So, me too. So, tight. So, I'm going to ask. God dang it. Because, I mean, it's, I feel like a kid every time I talk about it. But where, where are the Steelers at? Roethlisberger can't do it. Is he going to. Here's here's where the Steelers are. First of all, I think they got one of the best coaches in the league. Okay, I was going to ask you about that too. Um, thank you for bringing. I that like up. Mike Tomlin. I respect him. I think he's done not only a good job. He's done a great job since he's been there. That's one of the most stable franchises in the history. Three coaches in thirty five years. Uh, that's unreal. Yep. And three really good coaches. It's insane. Chuck Noll, Bill Cowher, Mike Tomlin. Are you kidding me? And so, I mean, that that the stability stability there number one gives them a chance every year. Stability gives them a chance every year. So they're going to be fine. Roethlisberger, I think Roethlisberger is going to have a little bit of a reincarnation this year because Ben Roethlisberger, have you seen, have you seen pictures of him lately? Mm-mm. Lost a lot of weight. He's, he, he knows what he's up against this year. Yep. And, and, and he can still do it. But let me just tell you this about playing the Steelers. And I've played them a lot of games in this league. I've played against them a lot. Known guys that have coached there. You always know that when you play the Steelers, you better bring two sets of chin straps because really? it's going to be a physical, physical. And that hasn't changed since Franco Harris was running the ball and Joe Green was tearing people's heads off. Yeah. And that's just their DNA. So they've always got a chance because they play physical, fundamental football. Always have because they've only had – Three head coaches in 30-plus years. Their worst season in franchise history is five wins. What is that? What is that? I mean, you think about bottoming out. Oh, right. They've never done it. Their worst record is is with five wins. It's insane how consistent they've been. A bad year for them is average. What, what, what allows them to stay consistent in that regard? Is it the coach? Yes. The it's the front office. First, it's the ownership. Think about how patient you have to be as an owner 
to have three head. It's, it, this league's hard. Look, I've spent over half of my adult life in this league. It's hard. Every day is an interview. But as an as a, as a ownership group, you have to have such patience to be able to stay with somebody when things aren't going great to give them a chance to start going better. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's the s- solid ownership that they've had from day one. From the chief, you know, the original Mr. Rooney, right through the family. To me, it's one of the most stable organizations in the National Football League. What is the one position? If if let's just say you don't have a quarterback, no, well, then stop. Let me just say okay, that. that's what. Did just stop? Yeah, okay. Because you, you here's here's what it is. If you don't have a viable quarterback, and I, I'm I, I'm not saying I didn't say Hall of Fame quarterback. I understand. I didn't say a, an elite quarterback. If you don't have a viable quarterback in the National Football League. Then all you've got is a highly paid rugby team. That's what you've got. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's the truth. Yeah. So that's the the position. Okay. So now, if you want to go somewhere else, yes, yeah. you got a quarterback. Now, what's the next position? You've got to have some people that can go get the quarterback. Gotcha. Interesting. So that that's is that from a. Then the linebackers, of course, in Pittsburgh. I mean, I, I definitely just, understand. Just look at where the money is paid in the National Football League. Quarterbacks quarterback and, and people can well defensive people right. that can go get the quarterback because God doesn't make many of them. It's like Joe Green used to tell me when we'd go all across the country looking for in colleges during pro day workouts before the draft. I remember when we went down to uh, Tennessee the year that that Hainsworth was coming out and that uh, who's his other one that played at Jacksonville with him at the time the deep, big defensive lineman from Nashville. Oh, John Henderson. John Henderson. They were both down there at the same time. So we worked them out. And we were going to eat. And Joe Green, you know, was, if you've never met Joe Green, he's a, a very interesting human being. Hmm. One of the best people in the whole world. And, you know, I just, I'm really blessed to have had him for eight years and just to be a friend. But we were walking and he said, you know, Coach Mack, those two young men we worked out today, let me just say this. If you see two bears walking around on two legs, get them because there ain't many of them out here. <laughs> and he's right. So I, that's, it's, it, what, a, what an interesting career you've had. Un- unbelievable. But to be in the league as long as you have, uh, I, I mean, it is, there's so many other questions I want to ask. And, and just like Andy wanted to talk to you about the, um, well, Andy wants to have a film session. Yeah, that, I love that, man. I, that is so cool to me. I think there's so many dimensions. It would take, obviously, a book to do it. You know, there's so many dimensions on your ability to, the stories with the people that you've played. Because, I mean, I remember being a kid and Ditka, my brother, loved the Bears. I have no idea why. To this day, I don't have any idea why. But your brother, they, let me say this. Your brother would love Mike Ditka as a human being. Oh, I, I, I believe it. I he mean, I, I like watching Mike Ditka on TV. I mean, I think he's a great mm-hmm. analyst, you know. Um, but it, it's just neat to sit here with somebody that, 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 you know, when we were watching those games and, and enjoying those players or whatever, and you were standing right there, that's, that to me is the cool part about, I've been, you know, I've been very fortunate. It's unreal. Yeah. So I, I want to, I've never been invited, which is, you know, it is what it is. I'm, I'm not saying I'm mad about it. Uh, I just never been invited. It's really not cool, but you know, you, you guys have these, um, Matt cut dinners. I want to, I want you know, I want kind of want to know a little bit more about that. What's, what's, what is that all about? You know, it's it started out really because you know we both you know belong to 
the standard here in Nashville. All three of us. All three of us. You know, I mean, you know what a cool place it is. And so when we went there and, you know, we're, and finally, you know, became members, you know, we said this would really be cool to share this place with other people. You know, and so and then so we both came up with the, you know with the idea. Why don't we advertise this? Get a sponsor, help some a charity out, and then you know just invite you know. You know, here's here's when you know we could have a possible Mac Hut dinner. If you're interested, let us know. And how'd it go, Hut? Uh, we've had about fifty <laughs> since then. Are you kidding? Yeah, with our with Craig Nance, who is the salt of the earth. Uh, just uh, he's mentioning great human beings. Craig Nance is at the top of my list, uh, and Duke Turnbow, who flat out they get yeah. it done. Yeah. And then so, and Duke's also now at the the standard as well. But we had the dinners, and I I was doing it for a fundraiser for Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Yes. We called it the, the the Mac Hut Blitz Dinners, and I was just coming up with ways to get people to donate money. If you donate a certain amount, you went to dinner with us, and we tell stories just like we did tonight. Yeah, for you know five or six hours, you know, and. It was, it's a blast. And that led to, uh, the invitation to join the club. And since then that's, that's been, it's been the spot for the Mac hut dinners. And we tried it. We tried, well, we do it whenever Craig and Duke want to do it. What, but what, we try what, to do what it does once Craig a month. and Duke do? They, they're also telling stories and no, they, 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 they are, they are there. They are truly patriarchs and sponsors of the dinner. And they are gotcha. two of the best human beings, and we have other people that have, you know, have have done it. But it, it's they, and, they and, allow and, they allow us to people that come that can donate to a charity, gotcha. and right. it goes to the charity, gotcha. and not to dinner. Right. We had we had one we had one that we had a uh, Mac Hut fish fry out in Leapers Fork. Oh, because that's where he lives. Yeah, I want to go down there. It was awesome. Well, I want to. It, it, it was. I want to come and sit in the it room was all, at least. Well, here's here's what here's what can happen. As soon as I get to see the dog, then maybe <laughs> we can. <laughs> well, I mean, that's. I, I want to know more about this. We don't talk about it now, but I do want to know more. If there's something I can do to help, I'll definitely. Oh, I, I'll help. You know, another I mean? salt of the earth guy right here. Another yeah. salt of the earth dude. Weaver. Well, I mean, in fact, the the time that 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 I met you when you came in to one of the rooms there, that's what we were having. Oh. Yeah. Yep. That's why you didn't want me there. No, no, that, that, that's why. That's why I told. That's why I told. That's why I told the person at the door. They, you started watching. I said, shut it. But you know how how, how the oh, standard yeah. sure, is. Sure. Everybody. Well, and then we all have friends. We're like, how, how are you guys over there? And we're like, well, we have the Mac Hut Corporation. <laughs> we have our own little the Mac corporation. Hutt corporation. <laughs> yeah. That's that's so is. So the charities change, or they do not. It's the they lymphoma change. Society. It's, it's whoever, it's, sure. it, we we help out LLS every year, but it's. It's who it's whatever is going on yes. at the time, right? Yes, yes, that's awesome. I, it's cool. I definitely want to help out with that more. That's awesome. Um, I I want to I want to let Andy uh do one more play because I'm I, this shit, I, I I hate it. <laughs> Let's I hate close it. on a good and one. I know you don't like what it. We got? I know you don't like it, but I I want I want to oh. do one more one more play. <laughs> and, and what I love what Andy did, he picked up trick plays in the national football league yeah. i did come on andy just <laughs> put it on the screen <laughs> what, do we, what do we got make it here? make it bit. ding prod well uh, you know well this know. is a punt formation so what are these guys doing and what is this what is the communication and, and who is supposed to yeah who on the defense well can you get mad at the defense if they screw this up yes okay you always work on these things. This and is a, this is another this is another segment of the duck. The the Patriot Count, the Patriots player Mac who's going to make this tackle is Logan Ryan. Logan Ryan. Count the numbers. 
Yeah, I'll play a little slower too so we can. That's a whole different play. I know. It's coming up. It's a long video. Oh, Matt graded that play too. <laughs> Count the numbers. Andy, are you counting numbers? Mm -hmm. Match up. Start matching up. And you get leverage. You can't be out leveraged. See this corner down here on this widest guy? Mm -hmm. He's got to get he's got to get his he's got to get his fanny outside a little bit more because we need some leverage. We need leverage out here. You see where he's pointing? Mm -hmm. This guy's eligible. You only have five eligible, and you can't have a number overlapping. So they're pointing out the eligibles right now. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's what they're doing. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Remember, we're back to our five eligible that you did so well on, Chris. This, this is what this, this is. Keep this, poking at it, dear coach. <laughs> this is this. They're they're counting eligibles. Now you start looking at. Now they got numbers. They got them outnumbered to the top defensively. Down here, they're a little light. And they're going to snap this. They're going to snap this because they're idiots. Because they they count they counted wrong on offense. Who, you can you can counted wrong. You can the quarterback. Okay. You can already see they're starting to move in, move in, and now the ball snapped. You're done. You're done. Oh yeah. So at this point, I mean, your coach is just losing his. This shit is this on is Indy line. right here, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It, look, this okay. is Sunday night football. This Sunday right, night so, football. So go quarter. back. Go back, Andy. Why? Why did that quarterback snap that? Let ball? me tell. Let me. Let me tell you. Let me tell you exactly why. First of all, it's not the quarterback. See who it is under center. Uh -huh. Oh. Uh huh. Where's the court? Oh, he's out. He's down yeah. here. Well, it's fourth and three. Their punter is oh, down punter's here. Oh, they don't have a quarterback in the they game. They don't have a quarterback in the gotcha. game. This is a personal protector, all right? So during practice, they say, if you get this number count on where you are, snap it. If you get a number too favorable down here, throw it out here, and we'll run a sweep. Now, the, the issue with this is you see how it's fourth and how much it is for a first down? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so – this this guy is a personal protector, and so here's what he here's what happened. He panicked. He panicked. So he he should have took that ball back. No, what he should have done is is either taken a delay a game. It's fourth and three. So what's the difference if you're punting from five yards further back? Gotcha. Take a delay a game, or just uh, take a delay a game. Don't call a timeout. Don't waste a timeout. He panicked. Yeah, you just take the delay of game. McAfee's a, a great punter. The five yards is actually going to help him. It's going to help him. The, the five-yard penalty would help him. And there's no way New England thought they were snapping no, the ball. No, as a coach, if you're on that sideline right now. The Indianapolis coach, Colts sideline? Yes. That's why they don't let coaches carry guns on the sideline. <laughs> <laughs> Who called this play? The coach doesn't call the play, right? Yes, he did. I mean, the special teams coach and the head coach said, let's try to run this. But if the numbers are in our favor, they worked on this all week. Count the numbers again, Chris. Okay. Count the numbers to five up there. All you got to do, if you're this, if you're that, if you are that up back under center, and you start counting, you tell me. Just look at it. You tell. You start telling. It's looking good right now, right? If he'd have snapped it now, he might have had a chance, right? To just oh, take it until and then that corner came now, up. Now watch him. Just let it go. Let it go, Andy. Andy, are you awake over there? Oh, she, he's going. All right. Now, where are the numbers? Yeah. Yeah, they just switched up. Uh, thank you. So, is that a good defense? Is that what that is? That those guys knew that that needed. But that are they counting the numbers? It's sure, it, they are. And you know what? It's great preparation it's by great New England. By they New don't England. panic. And here's and they don't panic. And here's what New England said: We will stop the immediate quarterback sneak for three yards. We'll let them throw it sideways and try to run it down before they make three yards. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. No yeah. doubt. That is insane. And Logan Ryan made that tackle. <laughs> that's so interesting i love you're, all that god you're, you're so angry dude 
Yeah, what? <laughs> well, that's intense. I was, that's intense. I was, I was fine. I was fine until we got to counting five on the personnel groups. And you were wrong every time. <laughs> Undraftable. <laughs> so if you could be any animal. <laughs> I, I think I damn near got through all these questions. Well, that's good then. If you could choose any song when you walked into a room that would play every time you walked into a room, anything? Tennessee Whiskey. Oh, my God, Jesus. Everybody's, <laughs> everybody's sleeping. You know what? Uh, you know what I'm going to do? Let me see. Can I, have I used these today? Nope. Nope. No, it doesn't work. Andy, my thumbs don't no, work. No, that'll work. Yeah, they do. No, they don't. Oh, that's what I give that. Tennessee okay. Whiskey. Thumbs down. Work. Thumbs it was down. just that we were on a different scene. <laughs> I was on the tiny hand. I got some new thumbs. I got some new things, Hut. I've been working on some. New I love stuff. it, but yeah. you set him up. You were going to. You were going to try that either way. Give me the. If give me the praise. Okay, you want the praise? It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, this one. Okay, <laughs> both good. <laughs> both good. I feel like uh, I took a good show and just shit canned it right there. That's what I feel like I did. No, you didn't. I just ended it. I'm no, jealous of all these gimmicks that you have. Are you kidding me? I can open your whole world up, guys. I know. Listen, you know, I got the face for radio. This is going to be, we, we need to talk after this. <laughs> oh, let's go to the standard. Everybody. Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> hey, listen, I appreciate it. That's two hours. We're going to, we're, yeah. we, are, we are out. We're done. I, I do. I would like to get you back at some point because I would love to talk to you more about the, the difference between college football and mm-hmm. moving to professional football. I'm sure that's a very interesting thing. And I, I, I didn't I didn't want to get into it today because no, I knew a, it's a whole another ball that's game. It's a whole new world. It, it really is. But I can't thank you enough for coming and let me talk to you and, and and I hope to get to talk to you more at the standard. Let me say this uh, when Hutt Hut was right, this was really cool. And <laughs> again, you. the only negative to the whole thing was you know what? <laughs> Pancakes was I not understand. Here. So uh, I'm gonna bring him to your house. So if we can, if that was we actually can, a sales pitch. So if we can, <laughs> hey, Hutt, will there be dogs? Yeah, we, there's if, a dog. If we can spend two hours like this and be fine, the only thing bad, the dog wasn't here. Yeah. we're cool. I appreciate it. Seriously, <laughs> no, thank, thank you very you. much. It's fun. Hutt, thank it's you. Fun. Absolutely. Thank you for having me back. And uh, hopefully we can. Uh, hopefully you can have me on uh, your show one day. Let's talk go. about absolutely nothing. I have nothing to talk about. No, no. Here's what you talk about, Hut. When you get him on. Personnel groups. Yeah. The personnel groups. And uh, Weaver, we actually do talk about Weaver because he's, he's brought Aurora Nutriscience and uh, Hertz Odyssey and, and the Sony deal yeah. to the show. And that's all through how valid is the validity. I appreciate that, that's you. Shout out to Chris Weaver and Don't, Andy and their great I'm group. telling you about this. And as I said it when I walked in here, this is outstanding. I've always wanted to do it. And, and you know, COVID, uh, I think it, it not only just for me, but I mean, hell, uh, a lot of people probably started doing stuff. They did do stuff, you know, and, and you couldn't find computers and sound gear in last year. I mean, well, everybody is, was broadcasting and doing their own yeah, thing. This so. is very cool. I hope your audience, whatever it was, enjoyed it. No, no. And, and honestly, uh, you know, we people go back and watch it. And, you know, it's hard to, you know, there's so much entertainment on Wednesday night. Sure. So it is what it is. But thank you very much. Uh, again, Hutt, thank you. And you're Andy, you're you guys. as always the best. I didn't make an ending tonight. Oh, that's all right. I don't have an ending tonight, and and I was gonna do um, what was I gonna do? I was gonna do the Fauci flip. Andy, you got the you got the Cleveland Guardians on. Yeah, I sure do. I figured today would be a good day to. That's wear, a good day. To have Andy, stuff. you did a great job on the on yeah. the on hey, the. Hey, when do you guys play again? When do you guys play again? God, I don't. Uh, when do we play? Uh, oh, in Nashville, I, uh, August sixth and seventh at Sambuca. 
Okay. That's very right. good. Sambuca. Next, yeah. next weekend. So next you guys, weekend. You guys come out and dinner will be on you and it'll be great. <laughs> Perfect. That's, that's what, we'll that's bring what our sponsors. That's, that's always, yeah, we'll bring our sponsors. Somebody, we're, we're Nashville's guests. I promise you that. Well, I, Maestro Headphones, I want to get you a pair of these and you you do, you do wear them in the booth, oh, right? absolutely. Yeah, yeah. we got to get you guys with some Maestro Headphones. That'd be great. These things are really amazing. Good. And uh, great. We, we'll get him, we, I got to get you talking yeah. to him. Everybody, uh, John Hutton, uh, Outkick 360, and uh, Coach Mack from. Uh, the, well, the Tennessee Broadcasting. What what it was the Titans next, Radio? Titans Radio. Yep, sure is. Andy Lieb. We'll yes, see sir. you see you next weekend. I know you're on the road. I'm on the road this weekend too. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about it later. But uh, thank Andy, you guys best, so much. Best play by play man I've had. Oh, thank you, man. Hey, shout out to the Titans Radio crew for watching. Uh, oh yeah, Randy Wilmore from Farm Bureau uh, Health Plans was was tuned in. I got Farm Bureau. Uh, so shout out Randy Wilmore, uh, Philip Noel. Uh, and the entire crew with Titans Radio is texting us right now, blowing us up. Man. Oh, Randy dude. Wilmore, Farm Bureau Health Plan's best people in the world. I got, I've loved Farm Bureau. It's been they a, it's are been the a great best thing people for us. in the world. It's been great, uh, and and I and I tell people, you know, you don't have to go into the 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 the, the whole big system. The Farm Bureau has been great, underwritten. It was it's been a great health plan for me for They're a tremendous couple of years. Anyway, you guys be good. We'll see you next time, Andy. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Charles C. Shaw speaking. KTSA is honored this evening by the presence in our studios of two great men, the Honorable H.G. Wells, world-famous British historian.